you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger, I'm just a puppet here. If you wanna place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. When the love's gone and the hate's there, better watch out, cause it's Cape Fear. And your family, ain't your family. Welcome back to the Weaver's Privilege Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm your other host, Chanel. And we are back to recap Succession Season 4, Episode 7, Tailgate. We're dropping this a little bit late this week because it's Chanel's birthday and she got shit-faced mm-hmm. the last couple days so she couldn't record. But now yep. she's like half drunk, so <laughs> bear with her. Yep, accurate. Uh, accurate and truthful. So, first of all, like we always do, uh, just remember, if you like the show, leave us a, st- a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you get the podcast from. If it's five stars, you'll read it on the air. If it's not, uh, fuck you. Uh, if you want to interact right. with the show, we really, really appreciate it. If you send us emails uh, or comment on the show on the different uh, podcasts on Spotify and let us know what you think, what you're expecting, uh, what mm-hmm. you want us to talk about next, all those things. Or you can email us at, at wewasdragonspod at gmail.com. We didn't change the name from House of Dragon, but wewasdragonspod at gmail.com. And speaking of that, Chanel, we got three emails last week. Three? Oh, yeah. we got a new review. We got three emails. So the first okay, email is from and I'll Megan. And then I'll do the reviews. First email is from Megan. And Megan said, good morning. I've been enjoying this podcast so much. I was stoked to see that today's episode is two hours again. So I guess they like when we talk a lot. Uh, I have to tell you, my jaw dropped when Brandon said that he saw the sign that said, pay us writers or I'll spoil succession. <laughs> I appreciate your discussion or supporting of living wages for all, especially creators. Thank you, Megan. Hey, Megan. Hey, girl. Thank Our you. Second- I'm also a two. I love a three hour podcast because you can get like half of your work day done with the podcast, but I'm weird like that. So I'd love to hear her say that. Our second email is from Sonia. Uh, I had no interest in succession until I saw that you all were reviewing it. I've since caught up on all four seasons just so I can <gasps> follow along with you both. Thank you. Succession is great. What a roller coaster. I have loved and hated all these characters at points. Mm-hmm. I truly cannot stand Shiv, though. See, I agree that Roman That's is one girl. of the sympathetic <laughs> characters. But my heart breaks for time. Well, we'll see how you think about after this episode. So this is literally my that's my twin right there. I I'm really hoping he can find someone who truly loves and respects him. Maybe then he'll stop being such an asshole to Greg. I'm excited to see what other new shows <laughs> I discover through you. All the best, Sonia. Sonia, that's such a good read. Thank you, Sonia. That's amazing. And then we got one last email from Justin. And Justin said, hey, I love your podcast. Did you also do the original Game of Thrones? No, we did not do the original Game of Thrones, but we did talk about possibly doing it. But I don't know if that's something we're going to do. That'll be up to Chanel. And her. That would be in re- retirement age when we're just sitting around with Like, think about how long that would take. Well, it's only, it's only 10 episodes a season. Well, we'd seasons. have to bunch it up. We Three just seasons. have to bunch it up, I think. We'd have to do, like, right. mega episodes. 
Right now, my other podcast, RTO podcast, we're doing Breaking Bad, which I've never seen. And yeah, so, oh yeah. Have you gotten any spoilers yet? Well, we only did the first two episodes last week, so I'm only two what episodes. What do you think in. so far? It's only two episodes. What you but mean? is it? But like, are you interested in the characters? Yeah, I like the show. I mean, everyone says it's a great show, so I know it's a great show. I watch. I only watch great shows. I try to only watch great shows. Um, okay. Yeah, but, I guess two episodes in, it's not much that happens yet. But um, I mean, it's funnier than I thought it was going to be. I didn't think. Oh Breaking yeah, he Bad did he go funny. fugue yet? Is this fugue? I don't know episode what fugue is. That, is. Okay, then you'll know in a second. Okay, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's so exciting. We're so honored to hear that. Thank you guys so much for reaching out. It, truly deeply is validating it means a lot that people take time to email um also yeah i think there's a lot of shows i wouldn't even know about if or like just or shows feel like too big for you to catch on to and then you realize like oh all i gotta do is like have somebody explain to me why it's good and then catch up to it so thank you guys um i feel like sonia and me are gonna stay on the same page tonight can i read these reviews or you want me to wait till next week is it a new review yeah Okay, yeah. yeah. No. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, read it. Five stars from Lou Smith. Thank you. First of all, he says, best succession podcast. Funny, insightful, and relatable. I watched Succession a second time after listening to them. Can't wait for their next show podcast. Oh, my gosh. It's well, lit, y'all. We're doing... We're, we're, we're one- oh, yeah, look... All of our episodes have been two hours. That's crazy. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please keep sending the emails and reviews. We definitely Please. love it. We want to interact with the people listening to the show. I did want to read you this, though, as a random aside, because I'm famously, uh, with all my friends, other friends, not you, tell them how much I hate power, and I hated that show. And I hate, particularly, I hated Tommy Egan. I thought the actor was the worst actor on television. And so white then, guy. yeah, the white guy. And so then I saw a tweet this week. I wanted you to, I wanted to read this to you. And the tweet said, it was from a woman on Twitter. She said, James St. Patrick was actually an idiot. In essence, he really <laughs> ruined his life over some high school coochie crash test dummy. And then oh, someone sure. quotes tweeted that and said, this is literally why I stopped watching because of how boring and cliche men being stupid and ruining their lives and families over the ghosts of pussy pass. We've all seen it a million times. Thank you. Someone validated me. Oh, I just had I mean, to put that he, out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's also the colorism of it all. Like he needs to go back to the Afro, like the Latina woman who and leave his dark skinned black wife who he has kids with like stop that sec i mean and then they make her evil because she's the one who's like you have to keep selling this poison to the kids like and he's like i just want to go be a good guy like yeah it's very tropey um i actually but they not tell me i'm the coon because i don't i don't like power no i never watched it either actually Mm-mm. i watched the first season and a half i was like what am i doing yeah, this is, this is I absurd. didn't get through the first season. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the fact that they have spinoffs, like they have three spinoffs at one time. It's I mean, more than three. It's like 8,000 spinoffs. Yeah, and it's just funny because it's like, I'm not saying those characters aren't interesting, but it is like definitely the, you know, 50 Cent cinematic universe at this point. But yeah. Oh, by the oh, way. Hold on. Another- we also go got uh, a comment on one of the episodes on Spotify and mm-hmm. it said... This was for episode five, Hannibal Bear Business School. 
This was so good, entertaining the whole two hours. Thank you. You guys, you're making it you. worth it to you're making it worth it to keep doing this. Not to say that, or actually, I enjoy talking about it. It's just fitting it in the schedule is tough, especially with like life and everything else. Brandon keeps me keeps me grounded because if not, we would be recording every other third Thursday. So, yeah. So let's, before let's we get, get into oh, tailgate, no. Before we get into tailgate, what do you think about this episode? Yeah. Um. I don't. I complicated it was complicated it was like uh it was kind of a bottle episode technically and there was i actually almost i almost became a shift stand and then she lost it she lost it she fumbled the bag but and um i have i have potentially shocking news are you ready for it yeah i'm ready i'm done with roman good you should have been down at Roman. Well, I'm here now. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank you for coming to the light. For seeing and the you light. You were right. You were right. We're getting druggy Kendall back. So that scared me. That did not feel good to see him like that again. He's like that without the drugs, too. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, like, dark. Well, it's dark Kendall. Like, we got yeah, dark Kendall back. Dark Kendall. And I'm, dark Kendall. And, I, and I'm not into it because him cussing at the white, the, the ex wife, the mother of his kids, when he, when we haven't seen them kids, for, not only have we not seen them kids since season one, them kids didn't have speaking lines. That's how much <laughs> it was like he don't be with his kids. So for him to question her, ask her where she was, where, anyway, well, let's get into it. But he just, yeah, what did, what did you think? Uh, I loved it. I love every episode, but I particularly love this one because, um, one, it it really moved these characters forward, like to the next part of what's Definitely. happening after Logan passed. Like, where's everyone moving? I thought Alexander Skarsgård is like incredible as like a guest actor. I mean, I don't know. He's he's. Kind of, I mean, I don't want to say he's a series regular, but he's pretty close to it at this point. He's been in the last four episodes. But yeah, like, I mean he's and he's critical to the story too. He just eats up scenery, like literally, because he's so much taller than everyone except Greg. Uh, but also like figuratively in the shows about what Madsen is. Madsen's kind of replaced Logan as like the character everyone orbits around. Like he's kind mm-hmm. of that central figure, and everyone's like bouncing and reacting off of his mm-hmm. presence. Uh, and then I thought at the end that we'll get to the scene with Tom and Shiv is. They just need to cut that scene, bottle it up, send it to the Emmys, and just win awards. Because that was an incredible scene of like passion and emotion and all of that stuff bottled into one. I thought it was just an incredible uh, mm-hmm. acted scene by both of, by both of them. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, the after show when they were talking, like, first of all, just remembering that Master McFadden is British every time, like, that is hard for me, because I didn't meet him as Mr. Darcy, I met him here, so he's so British and so kind, and I'm like, oh my god, this is, Tom's not real, I have to remind myself, and then she was talking about how they trust each other, and how much fun they had doing that scene, I'm like, as actors, y'all killed it, but y'all killed it so much that I can't imagine y'all in real life like each other. <laughs> like that's how good it was. And I'm like, there's no way these actors don't also kind of hate each other now. And I'm like, duh, no, they're just that good. So, um, uh, I mean, um, yeah, it was a great episode. It's just I never know what to expect or how to feel. So, um, yeah, we had a lot happen. I think you're right. They really set us up for like the 
the denouement. Like the end of this episode, the season is going to be. Who knows? Like literally, we're at a place now where the last three episodes could be anything. Anyone, it's anyone's game besides Romans. It's Romans not going to come out on the top at all. Um, and also. I think we're going to be able to go back years from now and piece together, we're going to be able to piece together the breadcrumbs to, um, to Greg being like undercover boss. Like there's no way. I wish you would stop with the Greg agenda. Okay. Although you don't see it. No, I see him. I see him getting sucked into the Royisms. All right. We'll get to Greg. I got a whole section on Greg. Okay. Okay. Thomas, Thomas Shiver at the crib. And uh, Tom, you know, Tom is bringing Shiv breakfast in bed. Of course, he's not making breakfast in bed. He has a butler mm-hmm. who's making mm-hmm. it for him, and then he just brings it to her, which, you but know, the least sweet. he could do. And yeah. he, he also shows her some poles, and, you know, the poles get Shiv all wet and juicy. She's like, oh, Jimenez is up four points. I'm excited. And him, and just a reminder, because I had to recap, Jimenez is the Democratic presidential candidate in this universe and mm-hmm. we don't know if he's even a good guy but it's definitely like a never trump kind of situation and then um she still is like technically democratic and has ties to that campaign but i don't even know what her real if she knows what her real politics are but yeah so she's feeling excited in some sense and i think she's one of those people who like is reluctantly like if i if it, if this makes me a feminist that i don't want like the Ron DeSantis to be president, I guess that's me. That's kind of what she's feeling, but she's excited about the polls. I think she's definitely has liberal views. It's just that she's so rich that it doesn't actually fucking matter. <laughs> and so she can Basically. like, uh, she can like move above that at times because it's just like, I mean, I, I personally care about this thing, but like, why do I actually care type of a thing? Um, so Madsen text shift. And basically talking about how the bump from Living Plus is going down. And Tom asks mm. if Matt's is That's crazy, show though, by the way. That's crazy. Like, this was supposed to be the big play. And it was like we doubted him. And we didn't know if he was going to, like, if the numbers were going to work or whatever. And then it ends up just being, like, inconsequential. Tom asks if Matt's is going to come to the uh, election party. And this is down in my quote section. But Shiv reads what Madsen sent him. And he said... Do you expect me to swim around Logan's bullshit pre-election brain dead AOL era legacy media putrid stuffed mushroom fuckfest, which is of course a line of succession of ridiculousness. Uh, and so AOL the media says, really resonate. <laughs> AOL era, yeah, legacy oh, media. Era, yeah. Then Tom was like, "I got you a gift," and it gives her a oh, scorpion God. in glass, and treats it as a joke, but. Shiv doesn't think it's a joke. Uh, she tries to laugh it off. She didn't want to like make a scene or anything, but she's basically like, "What the fuck are you giving me a scorpion for? What are you trying to say?" It's like one of those things where you're like, "What are you trying to say about me?" Uh, and Tom's like, "Oh, you know, you kill me, I kill you. We love each other." <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "All right, that seems kind it was of ominous." A, it was a bad gift, and it was it was. Even even for his intention, it was the wrong item. Like a scorpion is wrong. Like maybe something more like a more beautiful animal or something more majestic with he could give that interpretation, but the scorpion is like not it's just not her vibe. So everything about that felt weird. But um like if he had even picked a different I'm trying to think of like something that could be if like even a butterfly or like a whatever that and 
no, I guess I guess Scorpion is all he get it done. But anyway, um, or spy even like a uh widows what a black widow spider that might have even i think resonated more but scorpion was like i maybe too masculine anyway she the way that she's like what's the joke that was great acting but um and him not being able to explain it was weird but i guess i say all this to circle around that because i'm scared to say this but i wonder if like she should just admit that maybe she is a scorpion like and that's okay and it's okay yeah. for him to call her that, you know, like tell her that you're a scorpion, you fucking broke my heart, but hey, we're here now. Um, but maybe they're, you know, that was maybe too close to to honest. So then we cut to Ken and he's on the streets in New York. I'm like, what the fuck is Ken doing on the streets? And I literally then, tweeted Dark Kendall. Dark Kendall. And then we look over and there's Rava, who we haven't seen in two seasons. And Rava's chilling, and Rava comes up there and she tells Ken, listen, I just need to tell you that Sophie does not want to go to school and she's freaked out about the election. And then Ken is starting to get like worked up. Like, why didn't she want to go to school? Like what's bothering her? And so Robert tells her the story that she was walking down the street and some dude bumped into her and said some racist shit. And he had a Ravenhead shirt and Ravenhead is like their version of like Tucker Carlson at ATN. He's like their top anchor racist asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ray- we met Ravenhead in earlier seasons and she's like, he was wearing a Ravenhead shirt, and it was it was kind of fucked up. And it's got, and she was like, but at school they have like an anti ATN support group, so things have been getting better. But she's just been having a hard time with it. And so imagine his child is the president of the anti ATN group. Like that's the disconnect, and also the generational trauma. But and that's because Rava is some sort of Middle Eastern. Uh, um, I don't know what mm-hmm. particular background ethnicity is but some sort of middle eastern background so obviously this is a mixed kids so that kid is brown and is getting bullied by these racist white people in the streets mm-hmm. that's for making who making is like trump but worse essentially right. trump but not stupid it's can- it's but it's also it the exactly and it's also the candidate that her dad who is you know has brown kids or you know light brown kids that is indoor like it, he like you said he's so rich it's almost like politics doesn't matter but we know that the reason why like it matters is because those rich people being politicless harms all the small people who like are impacted by that you know so he really should care and should whatever but um yeah he he him going off on her like just from a relationship perspective was so crazy because he just got into her like quickly and it's this is something you could expect from somebody who is a primary caregiver and gives the secondary caregiver like a chance to step it up and like they lose the baby for an hour or something like that's the reaction that you give when you go straight to cussing out you go straight to questioning and she was telling him just to be like hey call your daughter and check on her because she's had stuff going on and like literally you are inextricable from ATN right now and he misses that point completely and tries to play the blame game and then he does this thing i hate that's so also very honest as they start arguing he goes obviously i feel bad and it's like all you had to do was say i feel bad instead of attacking her and y'all would have had a very different conversation well it was weird because later in the episode you basically find out that ken doesn't really fuck with Macon either like that when he was talking to roman because roman clearly fucks with Macon, uh and ken doesn't really fuck with him either but at this point because he's so He's so caught up in being CEO because he tells her, like, 
you know, like I'm out here on six continents and I'm doing I'm doing all this for you and the kids. No, yeah, I'm doing that's all this for you and the me. kids. And she was like, he was like, he was like, what the hell were you doing? And Robin was like, I was raising your daughter while you were running a racist news organization, which comes up multiple times this episode from mm-hmm. people and and including the most non-toxic group of people on this show, which I never thought I would say, which is Willa and Connor uh, later yeah, on. Yeah, they're the champions. They're the real winners. They're the real CEOs. But yeah, I think um, also one last quick thing, if I can remember, I just feel like it's something that you just said in the middle of that, but um, about parenting, but before she said, go run your... Anyway, I lost it. But yeah, I think uh, I was just disappointed that... Oh, I here's what I was going to say. It's giving cocaine. Like, it's giving... And, and I know he's not on drugs right now, but it's giving, like, that frantic energy. When somebody who's not present says, oh, I'm, I'm doing this for you, knowing good and damn well that he that <laughs> he's doing it for his own ego and his own whatever, like... That is like the rant of somebody who needs to be like stopped, basically. So I was just like, dang, Kendall. But of course, that's also real. Like, he's not going to have this amazing presentation. He exceeds expectations and then he's just grounded and thoughtful from there. Like, life does that when you hit a high and then you remember it reminds you that like you still have stuff to work on. So, but he's outside or like on the way into meeting um, for, oh my God, the quickest meeting I've ever seen. These yeah, they, they, kids. They, they made this restaurant, but this but is again, the richest like, shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they, but they, think about how long it takes to get somewhere. Like, even if they had a driver, you still went and got in the car to sit and talk for thirty seconds. I was like, that's rich people stuff. But yeah, no, it's but, worse the, than that. It's worse than that. They booked a table at like a five star restaurant in New York City. Mm-hmm. Go into the restaurant, sit at the table. It's bread on the table. They've already brought out like the bread and water. They don't touch the bread. They don't touch the water. They talk for three minutes and then all of them just get up and leave. That is so rich and absurd. That is so absurd. Mm-hmm. That, that probably was not even an easy table to get. And they just mm-hmm. got the table to bullshit for, for nothing. This was like earlier in the season when Stewie and Sandy booked like a five-star hotel room and they were just like, we got this room on reserve if you want to go up and talk about strategy when they're sitting out in the car. They're not even in the room or using it. They just like book this expensive ass room just mm-hmm. in case they need to talk about some shit. Uh, and so Roman's on the phone with someone and he's bullshitting them about the deal. And But then, oh, it's Tomas. And he tells Tomas to dig up some dirt on Madsen. That'll come up later. And you know what's so funny? I thought he was calling Tom a nickname. <laughs> oh, <laughs> No, we met Tomas before. I was like, is that Tom? Yeah, well, uh, I'm sure. And so then Con, Con and Shiv are already there. And then Rome, and then Ken shows up. Um, and Roma's like, and Shiv has like got a big-ass smile on her face. And then she says something about the polls. And then Roman was like, oh, that's why you're happy. That's why you're so excited right no, now. Also, it's because you've been getting dicked down, but there that's another yep. thing. We'll get to but, that. But before but Connor is like the only one. Everybody talks about their dad passing in such a like this is a historical event kind of thing. Connor's the only one who's like, Yeah, our father is no longer with us. I've seen like I'm I'm watching over the body. I'm preparing like Connor's the only one really treating this like a parent pass. Um, they're all treating this like a news event they witnessed. But anyway, so that that's the whole point of the meeting is they're talking about well, there's this thing on Twitter where all these people are like, is Logan really dead? And I'm just like, 
what type of show do you think this is? Like, have you been watching Succession? This is not the type of show that's going to be not like, passion. surprise, Logan's still alive, motherfuckers. Like, no, like, that's not this show. That's not the show at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think how... they, they did a, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they did a great job of writing out, like, the doubt of hearing that somebody passed and not being able to believe it and just feeling so, like, crazy because we all wanted him like we were all roman being like no we don't know for sure yet don't call it don't call him that but um i totally agree with you that man's not only is that man dead he has a casket and connor has been supervising the details so it's like yeah i'm beyond that um but i love that people are wanting him to come back up because that's just kind of the the power of him as a care as an actor i think more than anything else people are like i want to see him again so connor mentions that uh He's getting six percent in Alaska, so things are looking up for Connor. And we kind of hear that cheered. later on, later on in the episode. So we'll get to that. And it's uh, by the way, I want to give you your flowers. You one hundred percent called it. You kept saying there's no reason to bring up the election or bringing up Connor's one percent like this. Just as a flyaway, like it's going to be relevant, and it was relevant this episode. Yeah, it was. And Ken is just they. So Connor's like, let's talk about the funeral bullshit. Ken is, just has no no time for this. He's on his fucking phone, the, his whole phone time, the whole time, yeah. not paying attention. And so I mean. Connor is basically like, I can't do, like, everybody's got their own opinions. We can't do everything. And so the kids are just like, fuck Marsha's opinions. So they just basically say, whatever she wants, don't do. And they all, they all agree and, on and that. And I can't, I can't say I disagree. Yeah, I mean, I can't either. Yeah, because the man, so, I mean, it, the other thing, too, is he has wishes. Like, it'd be different if this was a man who didn't have anybody to record his thoughts and wishes. Like, those supersede his estranged wife. But, all right. So, they basically talk about that. Connor gets a call, and he says he's got to go. And then Ken and Roman want to talk to Shiv, and they want to tell him that they're inviting Nate, her old jump off. Uh, and let me tell you how I didn't know who Nate was until he came up. I'm so silly. I just don't remember any of these people from last season. So it all clicked for me then. Um, but I guess Nate moved up and it's like, high- is he chief of staff on the campaign or something? Or he's something Yeah, so Gil is like the Bernie Sanders allegory. And I think Gil is the vice president for Jimenez. And so Nate was Gil's like right hand person. So obviously mm-hmm. he's on the ticket and he's working okay, with the yeah. with the candidates. Oh, yeah. They didn't really oh, yeah, say explicitly what his role was, but that's what his role yeah. was previously. The dude from Law and Order, yeah. I don't know and, why I remembered him as a photographer. I am tripping. I'm making up stuff. So Shiv clearly must have been on decent terms with Tom at this point because she seemed really uncomfortable about it. But ultimately, like she's she realizes like we can get past this. We're in good terms. This is better. I got to play this role for, for Roman and Ken. Cause at this time she's actively working against them, but they don't know. So mm-hmm. she's just like, yeah, sure. Oh, bring yeah. her. And That's then she what, that shook me. Yeah. Like as soon as they, they didn't even cross the door yet before she said, Lucas. Hey, <laughs> told them exactly. Oh, cause their play is going to be to bring him there. Like you just said, to make it seem like they're cozy with a campaign, a campaign. And they're actually mm-hmm. Cozy with Minkin, right? But they're making it seem like they're really close to the chief of staff of whatever Jimenez. No, no, no. That's um, not it. No. They wanted to bring him there to talk to him in case they win, in case they win, to be to bring some regulatory rules down on like the like the merger type shit to look into Gojo and make them jump through a bunch of regulatory hoops to the point that they can't go through with the merger. So that's what, because that's what Ken was talking to him later. So he said, because remember they were saying, I want to go regulatory. 
We want to go regulatory. That's what they were talking about. And they know that they know that Gil is like the Bernie Sanders allegory. So he's like super, you know, super uh, regulatory. I want, you know, this thing and that thing. And I want to make sure this is protecting that thing to protect it type thing. And so then we see a text with Gray and with Tom and Shiv texts Tom, sorry, I broke your dick. (laughs) So they must have just been. Yeah, that whole thread was great. No, that I went back and paused that thread and I wish I hadn't. And Tom they, was like, it was just a lot. It was just a lot of thanks for the sex. Thanks for thanks for the orgasms. Ha ha ha. And I was like, this is I can't even imagine them being sex. It just doesn't click for me, but okay. No, Shiv is definitely a sexual person to me. I'm not usually attracted to white women. I'm sorry, any white yeah, women that's no, listening. Oh, oh no, that's not my thing. That's your girl. But Shiv. Shiv is one of the, you know, Shiv. What's the woman from um, Jurassic Park? Um, Laura Linney? What's her name? No. no. The new Jurassic Park. Um, What is her name? Uh, She's the redhead. No. What is her name? Bryce Dallas oh, Howard. Oh, Jessica Chastain. Just, oh. No. Bryce Dallas Howard. She's one of them. There's a few that get me every time. But Shiv's one of them. And she comes off very sexy to me on the show. I don't know why, but she does. But anyway, I got this scene with Tom and Greg. This is the first scene I want to play and then we can talk about because Greg was in his bag here. So let's play this scene. So, uh, hey, um, there's no easy way of, of doing this. I've done this a couple of times this week and sometimes, honestly, it just makes me cry. Um, but I wanted to offer my heartfelt appreciation to you all and now I'm going to hand over to my colleague, Gregory Hirsch, who has more information. So they just to set the scene, they have a big-ass Zoom. I'm looking at it right now. There's 24 people on this Zoom that they're talking to. Tom can't even do it himself as the boss. He can't even talk to him. He makes Greg do it. Greg is, like, so oblivious. I don't know if Greg's oblivious or just, like, I don't know what's going on with Greg, but he's just kind of, like, in this zone and Greg just comes, I think he explains it later when he's talking to Oscar, but here comes Greg to talk to these people. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm here to inform you that Waystar Royco has been looking at a range of different options in order. You know what this scene reminded me of, Chanel? Remember in the first episode of Severance when he's talking to uh um what's her name? Um what is her name on Severance? Uh I hate when like things slip out of my mind. When he's talking to Heli, when Mark's talking to Heli and Heli's just on the table, and then you hear him talking through the speaker, but then you see it from Mark's point of view. And he's like reading it right out of a book and he's like struggling to figure out what I'm going to do. This is exactly how Greg was acting here. He's just like, okay, I got this piece of paper. He's like reading it directly from a piece of paper to these people. Yeah. So actually I've done this before. That is exactly how it is with these big companies. It's you have a script, you're not supposed to diverge. You're not supposed to over sympathize. Like you're not supposed to um, kind of you're like, you're not supposed to allow them to talk crap about the company or whatever. And there was one late one person one time I got it got pushed off to me because I think 
these people knew she was gonna cuss them out like they knew and so I went in the room with her like it was me one-on-one had to do which is actually and I would think about that was insane that they made a 24 year old do this like I, I had the latest oh my I, sorry it's just hitting me that that they would put me in that position because they didn't want to deal with it right so me and her ended up so we had a follow-up later and I was like are you okay and that I was like I just held space for her I was like girl whatever you need to say get off your chest and we talked and I was really grateful for that but I know there have been people who like get all up in the room in these big companies and are let off like that or like you just um the way it happened to me when I got laid off which and I what's crazy I knew it was happening literally intuition what will happen is your manager will put a call on your calendar the day before it'll be um and then you'll get on and there'll be a third person there there'll just be a person on the call that you don't know and that person just starts talking and it's the HR person laying you off Mm-hmm. crazy so this actually felt very like realistic um but when i saw that greg was doing firings i said oh that's that was when my theory kicked back up i was like this nigga's doing you can say what you want to do but like want to say but he's gaining visibility every episode he's moving up in the ranks of what i don't even know his job title but he's doing high level things and speaking for the company so that's my theory he's trying in order to drastically reduce costs and a very difficult decision to restructure the atn operation internationally has been taken in order to protect the future of the business this action was only taken after seriously there's literally a zoom chat because they didn't disable the chat (laughs) and so everybody's on the chat I'm looking at it now. They're just like, what? Restructure? Wait, what? What the fuck's going on here? Like, I'm reading the comments now in the background because their dumbasses didn't dis- disable the chat. Considering all available options. But if you're on this call, this is confirmation that you are part of the unlucky group who are having their contract terminated with immediate effect. Tom is making faces, like crying faces, like with the hands yeah. over his eyes, he's just haunting. making fun of him in the background. Because he's he's fully moved into asshole mode. Uh, On the grounds of staffing redundancy, and today is your final day of employment. Uh, do 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 final day of employment. Um, going forward. Yeah, he loses his track because Tom Playing International news gathering operations, utilizing third party contract based arrangements. Uh, I'm seeing some confusion in the chat. Um, (laughs) But yes, uh, if I have been too wordy, yes, we are letting all of you go. Obviously, I can't take questions on this call, but this is a very sad day. And I thank you for your time today and your service to Waystar Royco. Goodbye. I don't want to laugh because it's fucked up. I've been fired before. But yeah. the way he handled it is so absurd. It's hilarious. It's so no, absurd. It's definitely, he's definitely just cosplaying as a businessman and impacting people's lives. But like, none of this is real to him because, yeah, he puked inside of a mascot costume a couple years ago. But like, he's literally had an insane trajectory. And he has like, working for a living wage is not a thing he understands or like, job well, he did understand it until like two years ago. Right. Well, even he then, was broke I don't as think. Fuck. He, Right, but I don't think, but I think that's the thing, right? Like when you're broke, nothing is real either. When you're mm-hmm. in a job where they like you depend on your salary and you have kids in college oh, yeah. and like you have to keep going, you know, like that to him is like they're just they're just they're NPCs, you know what I'm saying? Right. 
So then Tom and Shiv uh, are at the tailgate party. This is where it starts. And Shiv rubs up on Tom. And, you know, Tom's talking about how tired he is. Like, I'm just fucking tired. I'm tired. I guess they just all, all was right, like, fucking... I am Tom. <laughs> That's me at a party walking in like, bro, I'm tired. People be like, we just got here. Shiv tells Tom that Madsen is coming. And then Tom th- thinks like, oh, I can I can shoot my shot with Madsen then. And Shiv's just like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, uh, tough guy, make your move. And then he tells him that Nate's coming. And Tom is clearly not happy. Uh, but he plays it off and just like, all right, you know, Nate's here. That's cool. I'll make yeah, it she work. She also whatever. tried to be, she did try to be more respectful on how she said this. Like, yeah. this wasn't like when she was clearly cheating, Nate's coming over. It was like, I'm sorry. I promise it wasn't my idea. Nate's coming over. Yeah, I said Shiv appears to be sorry about it. Uh, mm-hmm. They have the most expensive, high-class American food you've ever seen. So basically, they had so they had burgers and fries and just like Americana food, but it's like it had to be like Wagyu beef burgers and like mm-hmm. these perfectly cut fries. Like it was so it was just so, so ridiculous. Fri- like, oh, when they sprinkled the salt in them fries, please. We're gonna they were using a rock salt, like Himalayan pink rock salt, and I'm like they're like we're gonna. It's like we're down to earth. Mm-hmm. But we've got like $50 yep. sliders. <laughs> and then the funniest part eat. about that is that's a party where nobody eats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it. It, they even had like a game up where you can guess the electoral college. Uh, who, oh, and the, the funny the thing, I guess this is, so this is the, this is peak white people who have so much money that like being poor is funny. Cause it was like, if you, you, if you won this thing, you got like a bag of kettle corn, like, it was like something from the that they just kept doing as a tradition to kind of laugh at how rich they are that that would be a gift. I bet you, you that bag that? of kettle corns like a hundred dollars. But just a hundred dollar bag even, of popcorn. <laughs> no, for sure. But it's just like it's like a funny like oh you know we all are rich so let's get a silly gift to go home in this raffle. Yeah, it's just so obnoxious. Uh, apparently there's people from all parts of the political spectrum there, which is basically a, a commentary on like all the rich. Fair. Are together yeah, on things, Democrats. Yep, and they're uh, and they're working. So you know, Ken and Ken and Roman are working the room. They're talking about how they're going to get the you know talk about Madison and get on Madison with these people. Uh, Greg shows up and tells Tom that uh, you know Tom tells Greg that he should go. You know, Madison's coming and you should you know try to put a word in with Madison. And Greg's like, uh, Madison, <laughs> Madison hates me. He, but wait, like, the way he I... says it is good. No, but do you know what he says? Please tell me because it was something like my particular says, flavor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I have that in the quote section. Uh, he said, uh, "I thought I had it." Oh, he that's later. But he said he expressed a distaste in the past for my particular flavor of me. But then he said, "I'm Teen Kenro. <laughs> I'm Teen Kenro." Yep. He said, "I'm already here. I'm already stuck." Uh, so then Roman, uh, Roman's walking around and he basically says that, like, he got a call from Madsen. I mean, he got a call from Mencken and the internal polling is worse than like the public polling that came out that Tom like shared with Shiv this morning mm-hmm. and that he wants to go full bore on this. Um, and it kept, kept he's like, what do you want to do? You want Ken, no, Ken says to him, what do you want us to do? Like talking about ATN, you want us to go full bore? This was his quote. 
You want us to go, we're coming to give your guns hormone <laughs> therapy. All your guns are going to be ladies. <laughs> Which is hilarious, but it's like something that what they would talk yeah. about on Fox News. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. not that well, literally, but essentially that. <laughs> no, but I mean, what's also crazy is like the full acknowledgement that it's a propaganda machine. And it's like, okay, like, is it, and, and knowing like exactly like it's like it's marketing knowing exactly yeah. the thing that will get the most people in and yeah it's, it's they so don't act like, there's people at fox news that don't actually believe that shit but they're just exactly. so like removed from it that it's yeah, just about point. money to them it's just about right. money and to them yeah he's so callous the way that he's like talking about like something like basically that boils down to gun violence right but he's talking about it like it's just a you know it's a data point on a slideshow anyway no this was like uh this was like a trans, like a trans, like a joke. Like it was supposed to be like, oh, you know, you're getting hormone therapy. We're going to make your guns become women too. Oh, no, I totally, no, I totally understand the, the root of the joke. But I'm saying even the basis of it is that that is something like in to, today of all days, it really applies. Like that's something right. that you could turn on right now. And like Fox News is talking about that exact thing. Like, so exactly. it just felt, yeah, exactly. We're on the same page. And so then this is where Ken's reaction earlier in the episode was weird. Because Roman tells Ken Macon wants Connor to drop out and endorse him. And Ken says, Yeah, uh, I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's good. And he's like, fuck Macon, right? Because Ken because no, he says Ken, fuck no, he says fuck him and and, and Roman goes, Who Minkin? Like, or who Connor? Like, Roman's like, it could do you mean our brother or like this guy that is super rich? Like, Roman is already anti-connor like not taking it seriously and roman like kendall's actually being a brother yeah and kid because like fuck making uh and roman because roman fucks with making which is like he i think he shares some of those edge lord mm. beliefs uh and yeah. so roman tries to play it like no nah, no nah, you know i think we should be tight with him you know for atn and the business and everything mm-hmm. and, and he but knows that'll loses, get ken then, yeah he knows that'll get Ken on board. And so Ken's like, oh, all right, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Go make it work. So then we get a scene, which I have with t- a short scene that I want to play with Tom and Nate, which I just like, I was like, look at Tom. Tom growing up. Uh, so let's play he that. He gave him that shitty wine. Hey. Hey, Tom. Hello, Nathaniel. Appreciate the invite. Well, I've missed you. Won't be long. A lot going on, obviously. Mm-hmm. Won't drink too much of your wine. No, don't you worry. You gobble my gravel axe, pal. It's plenty more where that came from. It's light and fruity, and it's the kind of wine that separates the connoisseurs from the weekend Malbec morons. Keep away from this man tonight. Keep away from Back. you. Back, no, foul you. news demon. You're the foul okay. demon. Nice to see you, man. Good wine. You're the foul demon as a, as a joke, bro. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I thought that was that he played that so smooth. Um, so yeah, you know, Nate, Nate is there, and then uh sorry, I just clipped off my notes. Uh so then mm-hmm. Roman tells Khan about make his request, and Khan is like uh, nigga, the polls open in ten hours. The fuck you talking yeah. about? <laughs> and I and I'm at six percent. Quit playing with me. He yeah, goes, so he goes, yeah. You, we might have to write, write scratch your name out on some ballots or whatever, but you know it's worth it. Like 
Roman's out of his mind, bro. No, he says he says no. Obviously, I don't think we can take you off the ballots. But if you make a speech saying that you're dropping out and mm-hmm. that all your con heads should right. go vote for Macon, then that'll make a difference. And mm-hmm. then Connor's like, okay, so what's in it for me? And, Ma- and, Ro- and Roman says, well, Macon says it's for the good of the Republic. And Connor just laughs at his ass. That and, is hilarious. And then Roman says, okay, well, I was obligated. He's like, I was empowered to make a secondary author offer. And my the secondary offer is... You know, he thinks you have some good, you know, you got a good little, you know, you got a good personality and you can talk to people. So what do you think about Ambassador of Mogadishu, which is the capital yeah. of Somalia? Yeah, <laughs> and they I'm keep, they're going into <laughs> the most random African countries. And listen, I'm not trying to dismiss the people of Somalia because it's not their fault. But if you are in that spectrum of trying to be an ambassador, that's not. That's that's not the one that you want. That's not the one that you want. And well, I think it's I think I think it's I mean it's because of racism that you know it is that way. But at the same time, it's like I I understand what you're saying is that if you're people do this all the time, right? They run for president just to get a cabinet seat, and so if mm-hmm. he obviously wants something that like is a space to elevate him, like I think an actual diplomat. Like or a person who actually cares about like the United Nations or whatever would want to go like anywhere and like help and be supportive. But yeah, he right. definitely is like trying to know. I mean, th- but then he goes into like maybe I can be in Berlin by by Christmas. If I oh, go to that's later. Place, and I'm like, yeah, that's I'm, later. Oh yeah, that is later. But I'm like, this... y'all are both smoking crack. Like this is not. He shouldn't be doing any of this. He should not be able to get a like go be an ambassador to a country of people he doesn't care about. But that's that's a. These are the breaks, I guess. Connor says it's a big car bomb. Tell him I want the UN. <laughs> As if he could be the ambassador to the UN. That was like some peak, like, like the ambassador to the UN. Right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. They are coming to him. So they do, you know, he is in bargaining position. And it's like, if you're going to tell me, I, obviously, I'm not going to be president, but I can stop you from being president. So if I'm here to do that, then yeah, you do have to come up off of better than Somalia because, like, right. even though he's going to negotiate with different people to get things done, this is literally the the candid. Like, this is a Connor's just at a at a privileged position purely because of like the candidacy, not because he owns a media business or whatever. So yeah, I I just was confused about like you said how how closely Roman was communicating, like how he was so synced up with them. Um, and it makes me realize that uh, you know, that might be why he wants to keep ATN because he doesn't see the toxicity of it or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just no, no, he sees it, he just agrees with it. Well, yeah, I mean, but but in a way, that's like, yeah, he just doesn't see it as toxic, right? And so, Mm -hmm. um, or he doesn't care. And so, this is actually what lost me for him. So it was. Halfway, I was halfway out the door when he turned on Kendall, and he kind of acknowledged that at the brunch. So I was like, okay, at least he sees that he fucked up. But now it's like Connor has done nothing to anyone here, and so whenever no. they play with Connor, it really messes with me. So I was just like, yeah, for him to dismiss him, and then obviously later he does the fucking most. But for him to dismiss him like that really upset me. Jerry and uh, Frank show up. We'll get to Jerry later. Um, then this Ken's big speech time and Ken's giving this big speech and he tell, welcomes everyone. He points out the podcast host, some other random fucks that we never met before. 
He talks about the electoral count game. They're going to get kettle corn, like uh, Chanel mentioned. By the earlier. way, though, he, he does a like, oh, who's in the room? Who's in the room? And looks over people to call out other people. That would have pissed me off. He's like, who's in the room? Who's... And looking past me, I'm like, I'm right. Say my name. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he thanks Cher for hosting. He asks for a moment of silence for Logan. And while they're in the middle of the moment of silence, Madsen comes strolling the fuck in, loud, making I mean, noises. loud in another language. Just like, that's not how you enter In a party, ridiculous outfit. Yes. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous but also, outfit. So it was a moment of silence, but also, that's not how you enter a party. That's not how you walk into somebody's, like, penthouse, just giggling and laughing. You Like, it, it was just a wild entrance. It was a lot. He made a statement. Yeah, and that out he had like a leisure, like a gold, it was like mm-hmm. a gold, like bomber jacket. Bomber but, jacket. <laughs> some black. Like, at the same pants. time. And what's disgusting is about about it is like that's at least a ten thousand dollar outfit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was expensive. I probably could look it up and see how much it costs, but I bet you someone already did that and it was expensive. Um I'll look it up right now. Go ahead. So then uh the kids. When Madsen rolls up, of course, Ken and Roman were thrown off about it. Shiv knew, but she had to pretend like she didn't know. So the kids meet out on the balcony, and they're like, what the fuck? And Roman comes in. He's like, look, I found out that Logan invited him a while back. He sent in his RSVP like five minutes ago (laughs) before he showed up. And so they were like, what do we do? And Shiv is the whole time acting like she didn't know. And Ken's like, listen, we hang tough. We stick to the plan. Listen, Ken, uh we don't really he don't really fuck with us so can you kind of guide him around take him to all the wrong people that he doesn't need to talk to you know fill his water keep him happy while we you know we keep with the plan that we had to go on and the ship was like operation nuke the luke <laughs> and they're like yeah and so then yeah and she's like they're they have magic when they work together but i also feel like it's insane how good she is at playing both sides and like kind of just being like waiting out her options um how she's doing that yeah so then we get this scene with tom lucas and shiv which i have smash that sweet i'm tired it's a lot you know a pre-election prep all right this is tom being thirsty as fuck which is like the Mm -hmm. most this is why a lot of people love the character and also why you hate tom because he's so thirsty and ambitious like all at yeah. all times, he cannot hide. He doesn't know how to do it with any type of tact. Right. He's just well, all out. I loved it because basically he's like he asked Madsen, Madsen asked him a question, and instead of giving any type of real answer, he, he I think it's like he's so it's just cute how he goes. Oh, uh, what would you say? Is it, you're not yeah, subtle like you just said. Okay, I got it. Right, you know. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah, it's a lot. Hey, so are you uh, in the company? Are you? hands-on or more of an overview guy um i <laughs> interesting i i guess well let me ask you this what would you value more highly bro that's so fucking thirsty man what are you, just answer the fucking question you coming off you like play, you're groveling can you go back 10 seconds please and play that yeah. i want to study this for you guy um, i want to study this I, for... <laughs> interesting i <laughs> I guess. Okay, pause. Oh, let me ask you this. I, uh, <laughs> Interesting. He goes through the seven different layers of hell to get to that answer. <laughs> he doesn't ever answer the question, by the way. And Greg's right he behind says, him. I'm just more of grinning. a both. Yeah, he goes, I'm a both, basically. What would you he goes, value you know? More highly. Really? 
No. Because I like to think that I could do both. You know, I get my hands dirty and clean noggin and, you know, multitasker. Okay. You're kissing my ass. No, no. I'm not. Yeah, obviously, that's exactly what he's no. doing. No. Kissing your ass. No. You're too smart. You spotted a mile off. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'm about to take hey. a shit in your husband's mouth, and I'm pretty sure he's going to tell me it tastes like Coco Man. No, no. Jesus Christ. That is so fucked. Tom is just sitting there like, that is so fucked up. <laughs> I'm going to take a shit in his like mouth. What did he say? It's going to taste like Coco Man? What is that? He said, I'm going to take a shit in your husband's mouth, and I'm pretty sure he's going to tell me it tastes like coconut. <laughs> Shiv's got like this funny, like this funny face looking at Tom. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's a really, really nice place. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, who'll get to keep it in the divorce? <laughs> Jesus, he has no fucking chill at all. I was reading was some serious. articles last week that part of the inspiration for the Masters character is Elon Musk. And so the more I hear it, I can kind of see that. Um, they, they said that he was supposed to be like a smarter Elon Musk. Like that was kind of what the idea of behind Lucas Madsen. So I can I can kind of see like this and that weird... part is the house of cards under him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why is Greg here? Like, why is Greg? Why is Greg there anyway? I'm telling you, he's undercover. Roman and Ken at least acknowledge Greg and act like they fuck with him. Shiv never acts like she fucks with Greg ever. Like she's always like, remember at the at the funeral, mm -hmm. he tries to hug them, and she's like, "Don't fucking touch me!" Like she yeah. has no yeah, chill for him. Greg. Hey, should we uh, yeah. hit yeah. up some people? Good to yeah. see you. Talk yeah. to you later. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's good uh, to see you. Yeah, yeah. You too, Gary. He calls Greg Gary again after the last time. Uh, yeah. So you need to hit Nate, Carly, uh, Valerie first, but I yep. have to keep an eye out for my brothers, and uh, you just need. You've done this before, so just don't, um, don't, you know, don't. What? If you could... Don't scream people are data and stick my dick in the guac? Yeah, sure. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, you're about to purchase some of the most prized cultural assets and political communication channels in America, and you need to prepare the ground, because otherwise your many fucking enemies will portray you as some jerk off Coda from Gothenburg, okay? I am a jerk off Coda from Gothenburg. What? Right, right, Ebba? You remember Ebba? Hi, yeah, good to see you again. What they did to Ebba is so fucked up. Why is he yeah. negging her? Like, leave her alone. Oh, I'm, um, you know, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Charming. Okay. Oh, uh, well, not that you need to do anything about this now, but you should fire your lobbyists, just so you know. You need rain makers and not weather forecasters. Sure. It's just not really my arena. I'm sorry. It's more Andreas. You don't have to apologize, Ebba. It's, it's just information you're sharing, so... It's um, social anxiety. She's the only PR person in the world who hates talking to people. Listen, I am not nowhere on Team Madsen. However, you cannot, be, you cannot be the head of PR, public relations, and don't know how to function in like a space where people's at. I mean, I don't even know. But I was like, I don't even know if that's what's happening. Like, I, right. I to this day have not figured out what is happening in that scene because it it just was all it was the most awkward interaction it could have possibly been i i can't wrap my head around it well she says let's see oh, what she says yeah i don't love parties but i'm good <laughs> whereas i love them i do <laughs> oh, <it's gorgeous. laughs> yeah 
So I have a number two who's moonbeam on edibles and a communication officer who's terrified of communicating. Oh, brilliant. So fucking <laughs> Oscar is high as a kite in this fucking party, bro. That part is funny as shit. So then Roman is meeting with Connor and his campaign manager. His campaign manager looks like Mr. Peanut, which is hilarious. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he looks like that or he looks like Leo DiCaprio and Jenga. Uh, Connor asks, okay, Rome, what's the top option? I would love to get to Europe. And Roman says, maybe Slovenia or Slovakia. And Connor looks over to his campaign manager. He's like, nah, we're good about we're good on the Vakias. <laughs> No, and he said we good. No, no on the slows. On the slows, yeah, on the slows. <laughs> and so his campaign manager asked about uh, South Korea, and Connor says uh, he's he's like, no, I'm not sending you to South Korea. And he's like, what about no, North in- Korea? Yeah. Yes. He's like, what about North Korea? I can open it up like Nixon did, like uh, Reagan did. It wasn't Nixon or Reagan, like Reagan did uh, China, which. <laughs> It's such an absurd line. What is that? That's such no, a ridiculous that, line. No, that's genuinely one of the funniest things in this entire season. Is. I'm saying North Korea is on the table. Can you imagine Con- the world war that Connor would start or how, or Con- Dog, that's the spinoff I want to see. Connor as a as a consulate in all these different countries. Dog, that had me crying. So then Roma's like, all right, what about Oman? So Oman, for people who don't know, is a Middle Eastern country. It's like, it's not like Afghanistan or anywhere like that, but it's not quite like the UAB, like the United Arab Emirates or like... Um, What's the other one that everyone goes to? Dubai? Like, it's not, like, that rich, but it's, like, or Saudi Arabia, but it's, like, more towards that. Like, if you go over there, like, if you're rich and you go over there, you could probably have a decent time, but it's also kind of not that prestigious in the terms of those types of things. And definitely still not the best place to go if you're a woman, like, at all, which will come up uh, in a second. Um and so Roman, but before that, Roman says, yeah, you're not going anywhere near nukes. And Connor's like, I want to go somewhere with nukes. It's insulting if you don't put me somewhere with nukes. And, uh, and it <laughs> honestly is. Con describes. It would be insulting. Hold on. It would be insulting if Connor, again, had a career. Like, if he did have a career, that would be insulting. For him to just be walking in off the street, not insulting. Khan describes Oman as a poor man's Saudi Arabia and a rich man's Yemen. And then he says, I have to see what my woman says about Oman. <laughs> loved it. He, walks off. he was he was shining. He I love that he like didn't even take it personally. Like I think he was, I think he knew at some level, like, yeah, I'm 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 either gonna be in the pole position or able to negotiate. So I appreciate that he was in good humor about negotiating. Um I just wish that like Roman could have also been in that place, but it is what it is. So then Lucas and Nate are talking and Nate it tells Lucas that, uh, you know, Jimenez is worried about, you know, these out-of-control algorithms, like taking people's data and taking their personal information and, you know, spreading hate on, you know, social media, things like that is what he's talking about. And he's worried that you'll data mine people to death. And Lucas is like, listen, it's better me than those idiots. Who's going to take it over? And he's like, no offense, Chef, but the fail sons, 
He's like, they're going to do what Logan did, but worse, which he's not wrong. It, he's not wrong there. Uh, then he says, mm-hmm. Lucas says he would make some major leadership changes. And Nate looks around and he gets a smirk on his face. He's like, oh, you mean like Tom? Because <laughs> he's picking at Shiv. And then mm-hmm. Shiv has to play it off like she doesn't care. Like, I don't, I don't give a fuck if she fires Tom. Like, he fires Tom. I don't fucking care. Um, and Tom is like I, and, and right so by me, there looking. Me, why do you think she had to play it off? Because she is trying to play so many roles at once, right? And that's the like that scene we'll get to with Tom and Shiv. Both of them said the exact truth to each other from how they see it. And neither one of them in that fucking scene were lying. Shiv's point here was, I'm not actually trying to get rid of you. Because you remember the episode before, she literally told him, like, we'll get rid of Sydney and we're moving you up. Like, she's not trying to get rid of Tom, but she's trying to play both sides. She's trying to play all these sides to get in. And so she's basically telling Tom, like, I'm not going to actually let him get rid of you. I'm just kind of playing this shit. And I think because I think Shiv thinks that Lucas is trying to needle Shiv to see if she's really with him or if she's bullshitting. And so he because mm-hmm. she Shiv says later in the episode, it was just a play. It was not serious. But Tom, because he's so fucking thirsty and insecure because he doesn't have the security that Shiv has, which we, which he says later. That he's not always going to be all right. Like she's just going to always be fine no matter what happens. He gets nervous off of every little thing. So he's looking in the background with Greg and he's fucking squirming uh, when this conversation's happened. So then. Yeah. Well, by the way, though, I I just want to say. Only because you said it, I believe her. I did not even believe her when she said it. Because to me, I felt like she's savvy about all these other things. She's savvy about betraying her brothers. Why is she less savvy about like still protecting Tom in a in a way that doesn't mess her up. Um also I think like clearly she's like she's going against her family. So for Tom to not to think she would go against him is not that like far fetched or like disloyal. And then also just in general, um it was really uncomfortable for me because at the end of the day, like we are in his house and like like you said, she might be needling her he might master might be needling her but she did not give tom the game plan like so that's where the issue is is like if she feels like this is something that might happen this is something we got to do he's been helping her and advising her with mattson don't embarrass me in public without talking to me and prepping me for it and then make me feel right. like i'm silly you know what i mean because i'm like i don't know if you're if you mean it or not so yeah she says it later but she says it in like such a way like you should have guessed and i'm like girl your character is not <laughs> is not one where we know you would have stood up for Tom. So anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, she. I mean, in if you put it like that, she's definitely playing the field correctly. She's aware. She's playing both sides. Neither side know. Um, neither side kind of knows really how much she's effort she's putting in. But I think if you put like if you think about the the sabotage or the double cross, where I think she's actually is investing is in Matson. When you look at her like work and the fact that she told them she would shadow him but she's really giving him all the keys so she's clearly like putting her eggs in that basket yeah and so then uh, it's just my notes just moved uh Dennis Ken and Nate who meet up uh and Nate's just like you know you know I heard about your dad I'm sorry for your loss you know that type of stuff and Ken's like, yeah, yeah, thank you. And then he goes, uh, 
you know, um, he starts to go into his pitch and he says, uh, excuse me. He says, uh, Nate says to him, I'm sure the activists would love me hanging with you, which is a thing, you know, he's basically in, in real life, he's basically saying like, uh, in real life, he's basically saying like, you know, Twitter wouldn't like me hanging with you, which is essentially what he said. Uh, and Ken basically says, you know, listen, I'm gonna get straight to the point. We could be an asset for you. I'm looking to do a full reset on ATN. We'll be more minimal than Jimenez. We'll make sure that like the first hundred days is easy on you, that you're not getting this pushback from the right, and that he can get it out to a good start. And he was like, "But that only happens if this deal with Matson goes away." And he tells Nate that like, you know, Matson's a legit concern. Like he he's got some serious issues going on. He's not what you may think. And Nate's like. You're pitching me because everyone can tell when Ken's pitching him. Like he's not mm-hmm. good at this. So it's clearly like a pitch and not like real. You know what I mean? It's clearly a pitch. And so mm-hmm. he he's Ken goes, No, 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 I'm not pitching you. This is, you know, this is real. You know, I really want to make sure, you know, you know, I'm, I'm letting you know this. And we, you know, we I'm good. This is good for you, it's good for me. Like it's good for both of us. Like we we make this thing work. Mm-hmm. And and Nate's basically like, let me think about it. You know, I'll check in with Jimenez and get back with you. Basically, just kind of pushing them off. So then Shiv and Madsen meet in the closet in a coat closet. Shiv tells him how he's doing great. Madsen seems kind of nervous, like he's not that great around people. Um, he's like, I know how to yeah, read he people, a- he but actually I'm not great around people. Yeah, I think he, well, that seems actually very interesting, but by the way, this is one of two moments where I had a lot of anxiety about, like, is this show going to take a turn? Um, Because his nervous energy, I was like, is he about to, like, make a pass at her? Because that would have been a real thing that does happen in these situations where, like, they get closer and then, oh, we find out, like, because he's already a pervert to Ebba, like, that's not, right. nothing about that would have been crazy, so I got scared that I was like, this could get violent, he's in this room, and then, because, you know, Writers do write create the situation where Shiv would not be able to tell what happened to her because of the deal and all blah 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 like just complicated things. So I was so glad there was not a sexual assault scene right there because I literally like tensed up, um, just because he was so awkward. But um, then it turns out he just literally is like, oh, wait, so it's just about money and gossip, and Shiv's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, <laughs> like, that's duh. what it's about. It's basically about money and gossip. And then she goes, he's like, thank you. You know, you've been so great to me. You've helped me through this shit. And she was like, all right. So if you really want me to get all in and not be playing both sides and playing from the background, what's mm-hmm. in it for me? He's like, I'm, she's basically like, I'm fucking my brothers over for you. So like, if you want me to go all in, what, what do I get out of this? And Madsen mm-hmm. goes, you've been fucking great. Tell me what you want. And Shiv, then she, this is where Shiv fucks up. So Shiv right. then tries to like give her resume. Well, you know, I've done this and I've do this and I'm good with people and I know my part and I know the and I, and I know this and I know that and I think there should be a significant role for me. She didn't say anything. She just said a bunch of nonsense and did, like I mean, because like cause if she right because if she wants to be COO, like say, say that or or yeah. and also you might end up there anyway. Like I think. If you keep playing it, I don't see how he, I don't, I don't see, you know, obviously I don't know everything, but I don't see Mattson acting like they've never had a conversation. Like he might turn on her in subtle ways like he did Ebba, but I don't see him being like, 
what i never met you before you can't work right. here like I, I think she doesn't have to secure that in the sense of like but if she wants ceo if she wants cfo if she wants jerry's job if she wants whatever like she needs to say that the bigger issue though i think we're uncovering is that she don't know what the fuck she wants that's the real issue she just wants the power and the i'm not saying she doesn't know how to do this business but she just wants the recognition that's why she doesn't have like an actual oh i'm interested in marketing and i think it's important that we leverage it she doesn't really care about none of that she just wants well, i think to it's more than that there. i think madison values shiv as like what you said you said shiv's good at maneuvering these situations and talking to people mm -hmm. and getting the right people in the room that's what shiv's good at but madison does not think she's actually good at business so Madsen is not committing to any serious executive role because she's like, he doesn't think the kids, he doesn't think any of the kids are competent. So mm -hmm. in that, in that, in that role, in that type. So he's just like, mm -hmm. he's just kind of stringing her along with that, but and, he doesn't. Yeah. And the way that he does he it. Yeah. And the way that he does it was really crazy. Cause like when he was like, mm, can I think? And then she was like, no. And he was like, I'm going to think about it. I was like, Oh, <laughs> he's, he's ultimately in charge here because he weaseled out of it and she let him go and like you said i was like yeah something about this doesn't feel tightened up however they have another conversation later on that like throws us all even out of out of because the window some new information so. came in yeah yeah so and then that when it comes to that though i was wondering if that was a ruse but we'll get to it ken tells greg to look after madison tell him to go basically go get him some weed essentially uh tom's with some random white dude and the white dude tells Tom, I heard you may be leaving. And Tom's like, what? Uh, and Shiv's standing right next to Yeah, he to goes, him. what have you heard? <laughs> and Shiv, Shiv doesn't say anything like Tom's not going anywhere. She's just like sitting next to him. So this is just already irking Tom because he's not saying shit. Uh, mm -hmm. So then Roman and Ken catch up. And Roman tells Tom, Roman tells Ken that he's got the dirt on Madison. And he finds out about sending Ebba the blood and hair and random shit. Uh and Nate tells Nate rolls up and Nate tells Kenny's got to go. And Nate's like, look, I can't be seen with you. There are people already talking. You're not looking. You're not Logan. And I'm not Gil. And that's a good thing. That's the first time someone said that to Ken in a good like, and that's a good thing. But like this mm -hmm. conversation is not comfortable. These backdoor bullshit dealings where we take real things and just put them up as like plate, like pawns on the chessboard. He's such as what Nate was saying is like, it's not for me. It's not what I'm trying to do. I got to go <laughs> and mm -hmm. left. And so then we get this great scene with Connor and Willa, which I fucking loved. And so where would we live exactly in Oman? In Muscat, I should think, in a compound. Okay, but would it be above ground? Of course, above ground, Willa. Uh, Pearl of Arabia. Huh? Okay. The Sultan's word has the force of the law. Mm -hmm. Great. At the airport, we walk right through. <laughs> He's not hearing her. <laughs> you all. Oh, you missed it. So here's the part that's important. Walk right through. Okay. And this is for Mencken. Mm-hmm. You know, all my family and friends hate Mencken. Diplomatic plates. You can park anywhere. You can basically drive on the sidewalk. The police can't Running touch you. people over is not a selling. makes me really like willa oh i mean we've taken a real a real like character development turn here like the wedding all that stuff wasn't what made them like real for me 
Um, but in general, I yeah, like they they just they're they're taking it right now. That's it. They're taking it. Do it fast. So basically, Will is like, listen, Macon's kind of trash, and I don't fuck with him. My parents don't fuck with him. My 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 sisters and brothers don't fuck with him. None of my people fuck with him. They're gonna look at me crazy if I'm married to this dude who's gonna go on national TV and be like, "Hey, Macon's the best thing for this country." They're gonna look at me like they already think I might have sold out and sold out mm-hmm. to fucking the rich person to get rich. Now they want me to re- lose all respect for me. Nah, Mm -hmm. and to Connor's credit, which we'll see later, which I have to give him credit because I absolutely don't think Ken, Shiv, nor Roman would have made the decision that he made. But he listened to his wife uh, and made the decision, which none of them would have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he also didn't do it out of fear. He's like, bro, like he's already he's in for a penny and for a pound. He's like, bro, I'm here. I spent this money. Yeah, I didn't drop that last hundred K, but or hundred million, but I'm here. And I think Will is starting to ground him. And it, what's so interesting about Connor is he's not insane. He's just delusional. You know, like yeah, he's just delusional. He's, very, he's just a rich yeah, kid, but he's not exactly. as horrible as the rest of them. He's to, not if you put it that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because he's and not obsessed with like up. he's kind of obsessed mm-hmm. with power because he did like think he could run for president. Like that's some right. rich white yeah. man shit. But he but he's not like. It's weird as it says. He's not like obsessed with power like his sisters and yeah. brothers. I mean, like you said, he doesn't need love. And then also, um, I think the presidential run was like, it would have been nice for him, obviously, to like, if he comes out with a cabinet position, that's going to be a win. Uh, like anything in that space that catapults him because he basically uses paid to play and got there. However, he definitely ran for president. So his dad would like him and his dad would like they would have mm-hmm. something in common and like there'd just be something there. And the fact that like Logan died without acknowledging it is actually really heartbreaking. But um, yeah, so he he basically is like, bro. Wait, you haven't that's later yet. No, that's okay. later. So then I'm gonna keep playing. The next scene, which is really interesting, is Greg, Oscar, and Lucas and Ebba. Oh god, fucking Greg. Hey, my Swedish yeah. friends. <laughs> nice to see you. Yo, yeah. Oh, he blows smoke. He's smoking like a um, a vape, and he just blows that shit right in Greg's yeah, he, fucking face. He shotguns it with no consent. Crazy. <laughs> hey. Hanger on, you fucking dingleberry. Dude, I'm on a charm offensive here. Can you be kind? Would you like to join us? Would you like to fuck off? Oh my god. <laughs> serious, Oscar. I'm gonna fire you. Okay, about. Can you fire him, please? Can you? Oh, I'm sorry. Is this boring you? I've seen him cut your balls a hundred times. Yeah, it's a little bit boring. Look at him. Sadistic face. He loves it. He loves being fired. I would I would like to fire Ebba, though. Yeah? Yeah. But I can't because he's uh, created and fostered this uh, situation in which I find it very difficult to do what I want. I'm not saying you've done it on purpose, but it is quite interesting that you have sort of tenure because we mingled lucas Ebba. i'm not sure if you're kidding but uh i could help look at this yo he is always what what he's got to be the most shameless person on this show 
And literally, it's like, I'll do it right here, right now, in front of everybody. What? I'd fire her if you want. No? Yeah. I'd fire her right now. I've got some recent experience in this uh, arena. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though? Lucas looks at him with more, more respect than he did Tom in this scenario. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, because he's actually trying to, he, like, Tom will do whatever, but it's self-serving. Greg doesn't have a plan or like a sense of self-preservation. So like, that's like a free lackey, you know, that's <laughs> Would you do that for me? Instantly, sure. It's on, guys, come down my right, Aliopa. Guys, gather around, this guy. This is so fucked up, having everyone come around to like fire your comms person who you've Wait, already you know sexually I... harassed. Right, no, everything about that is messed up. But you know, I hate like suppressed Remember the scene where like he hazed Tom or hazed like Logan like when they were in that cabin and they like hazed him the bear game or something. I think you mentioned yeah. it earlier and that messed me up. Yeah, this is like like you said, it's a similar figure holding up space, embarrassing people. It's crazy like seeing it in this different like born the four. You talking about that? Yeah, that yeah, like yeah. it's just crazy seeing them in this different setting, but it's it's the same thing. It's about to fire my senior comms. It, no hard the feelings. The jokes are funny. The jokes are very funny. <laughs> no, I feel. Never, never. Come on. You know what, Lucas? I wish you would fire me. Eva, 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 Eva. What's wrong with Greg? Not the attitude of the employee that we wanted our company. <laughs> Not we the attitude. Said- we said no hard feelings, dog. You are out of your mind, bro. He's. It's just like pe- they they have no they they need to touch grass. They need to touch grass. So then Ken and Roman run up on Ebba and they pretend to be concerned about what happened. And Ken's like, he seems kind of awful. Like this is all fucked up. And Ebba is clearly pissed off. And she's like, you know, we built this whole rep. He's not even a real fucking coder. Like, we basically gave him technology in a box, and he just was, like, kind of charismatic and made it work type some shit. And Very so much e- Elon. And so Eva says, uh, it doesn't matter. I'll be out in February anyway. And then Roman was like, why? Because Lucas be sending you shit? And she looks at him like, how the fuck do you know that? But then she says, no, it's much worse than that. It's fucking India. And then Roman and Ken are like, India? But, <laughs> no, Roman does the best thing ever. You know, I'm sure I've heard about this already, but um, what are the details on the game? Can you remind me? Knowing damn well they don't have any idea what she's talking about. And she was like, oh, yeah, because I'm going to give you everything about India. And, th- and they they make it like, tell me about India. So then Tom and Shiv uh, are with another random, and Tom and Shiv get in a small argument. And in the background, you hear that, like, apparently, like, Mankin's somebody in Mankin's orbit like firebombed a campaign office in Phoenix and Chip is like dog this is fucked up and Tom's like oh it's just a couple of firecrackers and Chip's kind of like dude you don't have to play super right wing tough guy with me essentially like like I get that's your job at work but like this is fucked up <laughs> what's wild for me too is I didn't know who to believe because that is how things kind of can happen. Like it just becomes this bigger story. Um, but yeah, Tom's definitely obviously in the he's inclined to diminish anything calling out the party. 
And so then Ken and Roman tell Shiv, Ken and Roman roll up on Shiv and tell him about Matt's numbers being fucked. So basically we find out that in India, they messed, they fudged the numbers and they don't actually have that many subscribers and you can't really do like that at shit. all. Like, like, like at, at all. all. Like re- by this the way, projections. These are real numbers that they made up and lied about. Exactly. Yeah. But and, and by the way, if you dog this this free screen on that face that because she, she hides it, but she still shows it, that she's like, "What the?" She's fuck? basically like, thinking that I backed the wrong person. It hits her. It hits her. Yeah, it hits her all in one. So she has to manage. Uh, has a she has to manage her reaction to them while she's also like reacting to herself. So yeah, that was brilliant and brilliant acting as well. Then we get this interesting bonding scene between Greg and Lucas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said a hundred scalps in three days? Mm-hmm. hundred missiles? He's vaping while he says this. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's quite a number. I I thought you were backwash at the bottom of the gene pool, but this <laughs> is something else. Yes, you Here's underestimated me, and that's exactly how I wanted I it to look. I believe I might have. <laughs> hmm. well, how did you this part is so funny, but also so sociopathic. Do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just do it. Just jackknife right in there yeah. and slit their throat. It must feel afterwards a bit, a little bit shitty, right? Honestly, not really. I, HR says I'm the right guy for the job because it looks like I care, but I don't. Not a good person. It looks like I care. But I don't. <laughs> no, I am. I am. It's just you got to do what you got to do, right? Do you though? Hey, there she hey. is. Hey, welcome to the kids' table. Can I uh, talk to you for a second? Oh yeah, it's the time to up periscope. Oh. Um, yeah. Sorry to break up the brains trust. You sit slim. A butcher so with a smile. He calls Greg the Slim Reaper. Uh, so then, oh Shiv, yeah, I texted you that. I love that. Shiv comes and grabs Lucas, and Shiv's like visibly pissed, but also trying to hide at the same time. She's like, "What's up with India?" And Lucas is like trying to play dumb, and she's like, "I know, nigga. What's up with India?" And Lucas asks, "Was it Ebba or Oscar?" And she doesn't tell him. And he says that there was an issue with the subscriber numbers being a little bit bullshit. <laughs> And, and he then says he, they, he, they, he overstayed the subs in India like there are two Indians. <laughs> he says, Crazy. And, and then he tells, laughs about it. Shiv tells him, you know, the board would be like well within their right to pull out. Like this is like this is big deal shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Madsen's like, look, he's like, what she's like, what the fuck were you gonna do? And he's like, I don't want to do anything. And this is and this is where you were right. I wrote Chanel was right. Because you were like, why does he want to buy Waystar? And Madison yeah. says, listen, if I buy Waystar, this shit will get lost in all of the different bullshit. No one will come looking for mm-hmm. it. And then I don't have to worry about it. And at this yeah, point, I'm she like, this realizes. Is such a, oh, I was going to say, this is, this is a cousin to a Ponzi scheme. Like, that's what it is, right? It's like, we're going to, as long as I make up the money by tomorrow, it'll be all right. And then tomorrow never comes. So that is what is. I'm I'm I am I was like oh yeah this is something wasn't right in the water just from the rush of it from the inflexibility on price from the like the attitude of it all from him trying to play mind games like that 
with the with the negotiation like everything about it is wrong like it just fell off so yeah we did pick up on that but then secondly for him to be a fraud I didn't really call him being a fraud to this extent like to where they're like he's not a real coder to where he didn't build it from the ground up to where he's not this business genius he just happens to keep making like the decision to be cutthroat and sociopathic enough um so anyway that was like a big reveal for me um and I am just almost like well damn Shiv really didn't do her homework she really just was like oh this is the other guy who's the option I'm gonna go with him and um I wish she had done more like the way that Roman's doing that recon she should have been doing that before she hitched her tail to his, well her his her shit was they're cutting me out and so I need to get in because she right, thought Roman so and other- Kim were cutting her out Right, but there's a million other options outside of of in like you know like there's other things she could go do with her career and her life that she refuses to do, and if you're gonna not be with your family, which I totally understand, they did cut her out. All I'm saying is do the research and like have your le- mm-hmm. like. By the way, no, not even the research. She has her leverage against him. He's told her the secret, and she's holding on to it, knowing he's a piece of shit, and like just rolling with it so she can be in. So I'm just saying, like, I didn't feel too bad for her in that moment because I'm like, well, you are literally double teaming people instead of just saying, "Hey, y'all, I'm gonna help him because y'all seem to have cut me out." If there is a play where it makes sense, like I, I will never tell. Like just instead of right. figuring out a way to to you know. Anyway, that's all. You get what I'm saying. I'll stop there. So then um, we get this, a few scenes that I'm going to play through and start, stop and talk. First, we get Roman and Jerry. Then we get Roman and Khan. And then we get Ken and Lucas. Let me guess. Father Martini. Can we chat about stuff? I have some thoughts. I might need your advice. No. Jerry is done with this nigga. Completely. Over it. No. Just no. Jerry. Jerry. What? The thing, that wasn't the firing you thing? That wasn't real. No. No. No, it was like in the heat of the, you know? You know. No. No, okay. Well, come on, let's let's have a fucking chat, okay? I'll uh, I'll stand in a cupboard and jerk off while you explain to me what the SEC is, okay? He that's still doesn't get that, it. That's, yeah, because that's not her thing at all. That's your thing. Oh, really? No? Too soon? What do you want? You want, like, a sorry? I got a whole purse full of sorries. I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> wait, hold on, wait. Not only because he realizes she's not responding, and she says, oh, do you want a sorry? And I have, like, I have sorries, which I thought meant, like, I am apologetic. And then he goes, oh, sorry. He mocks her <laughs> with the sorry. I'm like, you, d- when you say he doesn't get it, like, he on a cellular level does not get it. Time, I was just feeling kind of fireish. The requirements you should know about, mm-hmm. several of which have been officially communicated. Jerry is so serious. Like, Roman's oh. just, like, thinking this bullshit. And she's well, so serious with this. Well, this is endgame, right? They keep joking about Frank and his golden parachute want to jerk off while he flies down to the ground. But at the end of the day, these people have put, like, they put it, they bet on that Logan Roy horse. They got abused for years. They want out, and they want out the right way. And Jerry's aware that somebody like Roman could easily let misinformation be spread about her, malign her career, like put everything that went wrong the last 20 years on her. So she's the smartest. Obviously, she's always been one of the smartest people of all because she knew, like, whether he's joking or not, the fact that he went there means I need to protect myself. And she has a good relationship with Carolina and some that I thought I should, uh, you know, say in person. Okay. Ooh. Robo Jerry. First of all, I want Jerry. money. 
mm -hmm. eye-watering sums, hundreds of millions of dollars. No, pass. So I have retained personal reputation management. Mm -hmm. They will be on the line when Carolina does her background briefings off a set of my bullet points. Mm -hmm. I will set off your bullet points. And if I ever get a now Roman is like visibly uncomfortable. He's like looking the other way. Like, he, like I can't believe this is coming to this type of thing. And I'm like, Roman, this is all your fucking fault. Like you did this shit. A whiff of anything undermining my narrative anytime in the next five years, mm -hmm. I will sue and I will go public with as so many, stupid. many pictures of your genitalia. All right. He did send her all of those dick pics. Yeah, I, he, like I forgot he sent all those dick pics to her, and like yeah, he's she kept all liable. of them. <laughs> so he's yeah. fucked. His face is like, God damn it, I'm fucking fucked. But he he can't even admit it, so he has to do the Roman thing. But every time this happens, when Roman hears something he doesn't like, he goes ape shit right after it. Like literally, he, oh. it's like he can't handle it, and he goes ape shit. Right. Like literally, oh. when we hold on, wait, is this like he just can't sit with it? And I know people like like I'm like that sometimes, where it's like you have to do something with it, and you could see it. What why he's such a great actor is so I was looking at his posture, bro. Like the way he's like. He sticks his little boobies out and is like chickening. Like it's just like he's, you see it happening in his body, like his inability to to like to process this and say, "Oh, I need to be held. I need to hold myself accountable. That sucks. I'm sad." Or like even that weird thing where after he like ignored Jerry or cussed her out on the boat, um, at the wedding, then he comes in like, "I'm sad," as if she's supposed to comfort him. Like she, he's right. still not realizing this is not his mother. Like. You know, so yeah. Have I made myself clear? Yes, absolutely. It's been a pleasure working with you, Jerry. Thanks. I could have got you there. <laughs> but nope. Nope. She's right. She tried, and he couldn't help himself. Mm hmm. See ya. It's like he's about to fucking explode right now. Hey. This is the scene you were talking about earlier with Connor mm -hmm. and Roman. Oh, yeah. Can we, uh, yep, can we settle this now? Everyone is quite freaked out about this political firebombing in Arizona. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was an actual firebombing in Arizona that Tom dismisses as a fucking firecracker the day before an election. And Will is like, you want my husband to go on TV and tell people he's supporting the person who's firebombing a campaign office, whose supporters are firebombing a campaign office. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the pop pop. She's, she's technically... She's, she lives in America. Like, she lives yeah. in the same universe as we do, basically. Yeah, because she's she was a sex worker. Like, she didn't come from this <laughs> yeah. at all. In Phoenix, the yeah. waste paper basket on fire. I think a file cabinet was in the ICU. Can we draft? Well, actually, there's been a... Slight change of heart. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you got it. You got your problem. It's great. Let's. And he is so disrespectful to Connor here. Like, oh, yeah. just dismissive, oh. like, treating him like he's it's fucking not necessary. nothing. It's, it's not, not necessary. necessary at all. Write up a fucking statement, okay? Wind up the old fax machine and fart it out to your oddball army, okay? We wonder, Roman, if he might have mm -hmm. invested too much in this campaign to just, you know, drop out mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. You tried, you failed, you move on. 
find something new. He's fought hard, and we want to find out what might happen. Okay, he might write, you know, a book about this or a speaker circuit. Or hey, nothing is going to happen. Okay. Anything might happen tomorrow, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I love how Will is just standing up to this. Yeah, she, it's so great. She don't care about them at all. Because first of all, she's independently wealthy in her own way. Like Connor's money is like in the will. I, I'm sure. Like, right. Yeah, like, so she does not have to be involved in none of this or kiss ass. So, like, there's, she's probably the only, she's probably the audience for, like, from our eyes, she's seeing it because she's, like, Roman's an asshole. I don't respect him. I'm not kissing Shiv's ass. I'm not trying to be her baby sister, big sister, whatever. We don't have a relationship. Like, Willa's, Willa, because she's the least thirsty, like, in her own way, is the least thirsty. Like, she was literally like, please don't pretty woman me. I want to be, I want to be back on the streets. And so, she's um, Marcia, yeah, I just appreciate her. She's like Marsha, but she actually cares about Connor a little bit. Because mm-hmm. uh, Connor tries. Like, Logan mm-hmm. didn't really try. <laughs> like, he was just Logan. But Connor actually, like, tries to, like, care. And the meanwhile, like, you can't see it. But in the fucking background is Madsen. Just, like, Staring at the like lurking in the oh, background yeah. looking at this whole conversation. They to, and I hated that because I was like, Y'all are being like he's we because it really was like a back and forth between seeing uh Matson and them's dirty laundry and then them airing out this family dirty laundry right here and there in the middle of the party. And I was like, This is when I started right after this, I started to think, wait a minute, because Matson and Ebba are sitting next to each other quietly watching this. And I'm like, yeah. how did y'all end up back together? T- like, what is and that's when I was like, wait a minute, is Ebba playing them? Because I'm not gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, this is not my prediction but there's very much a version here where they, they planted that to make the people look stupid or see what they do or force a move. I don't know necessarily. I think he was being honest to Shiv, but it's like, there's no guarantee that like Ebba's not like this wasn't all an act, and they didn't like come in here with this, but I, it probably isn't. It's probably what we think it is. Here's where Roman gets real nasty. Anything? Yes, yeah, see, because that's the beauty of this little system that we have called democracy. Come, ma'am, eat the fucking carrot, okay? Everyone in this room thinks you're a fucking joke. So tell your wife <laughs> to shut the fuck up, cover her shoulders, and pack a fucking bag Rome. for Oman, okay? That's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, tell your wife to shut. He, she at. And like he wasn't telling her to, sh- he was kind of telling her to shut the fuck up. But what he was saying was, y'all are going to this Middle Eastern country. Your wife ain't gonna have no rights there. So tell her to get used to being quiet, wearing not wearing covering her shoulders, and living out there in the heat or something. And Ken is in the background, like Roman, like what the fuck are you doing? Because he's yeah. lost it. Because Jerry just set this nigga on edge. And well, then- and Jerry just held him accountable and realized that, like, at, you know. He knew he was wrong, but Kendall was like, fuck it. And so he, but he's not, and there's really not going to be, like, Kendall's not going to court over, I mean, R- Roman's not going to court over this. He's not doing jail time. The only consequence is that the person who was comforting him has, is now, like, no longer has to deal with his bullshit. And that's what is fucking with him. Like, she's walked away and put up boundaries. He cannot handle it. I'm talking here. It's okay. Easy. Connor stands up to him. Mm. There's one person here who doesn't think I'm a joke. Mm-hmm. So that's who I'm going to listen to. Okay? That's smart. Yeah, listen to her. Willa, honey. Yeah. Bye. Nice to meet you. Pleasure, sir. You got my vote. 100%. That's Lucas being a complete asshole just stirring shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then here comes Lucas and Ken. Help you, man. I am trying to help you. Really nice party. 
cool, cool family. Oh, thanks, man. Tweet about it. So who's uh, who's going out tonight in this shitty fucking town? Anyone? <laughs> I gotta say, Cri it's insane. depressing from up here. You can really see how second world it is. I don't know. Pretty happening town, famously. Really? Is it though? Yeah. Compared to Singapore, Seoul, it's like Legoland. You know we still like run shit. So. Mm. Like, as in only in New York. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> that is so European, but fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, nothing happens in New York that doesn't happen everywhere. You should get that written on a cup, right? That's a great line by Ken. You should get that written on a cup. I'm surprised you could pull that out. That's a good line. Shouldn't you get that written on a cup? Like, that would look so cool. Oh, by the way, why can he do that? Because he knows, like, for whatever, whether he's right or wrong, he thinks he has the upper hand, so he's coming in cool and confident. Like when he right. when he's good, he's good. You can sell that in a in a head shop in Rotterdam. Could be a, a good business for you. Because mm -hmm. I hear you might need some new revenue streams. <laughs> yeah. Hey, really, really good presentation, by the way. Loved it. <laughs> Can't wait to get in. Everyone in the party is stopped and is just looking at this. Mm -hmm. This is just like mm -hmm. out in the open. To those predictions, man. Those oh, immediate yeah. predictions. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that. Estimates, you know, estimates. Yep. But you, man, your numbers exploding, right? Like literally unbelievable. Well, thank you. <laughs> literally unbelievable. And when he says that Ebba like, I didn't know what side was gonna happen or if he yeah, she yeah. sidesizer. He... Well, because yeah. when he doubles down a second, she looks like, What are you doing? And that's when I was like, Oh, maybe it is real. Thank you, and congrats to you as well. Wait, sorry, sorry. My thing is this, because how does Madsen not pick up on the fact that, like, maybe he's just that cool under pressure, but because Shiv just put him, put him aside, clearly Kendall is referring to this, like, but Madsen doesn't react as if he knows that, like, this has been found out. That's why I was like, is it No, he knows. He's just, he knows that he's just he's that playing cool. his part. Okay. Yeah, right. and then he goes this. Yeah, your numbers are gay. My numbers are, are what? Gay. My numbers are gay? <laughs> yeah. You had this uh, cute little valuation in your numbers just not as gay. It's kind of homophobic, <laughs> man. Dude, just put the weight. What? <laughs> it's like, is it technically homophobic? I don't even know. What does it mean? Uh, yeah, how are numbers gay? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> And then we explained it. It almost made sense. They came, they were really cute. Enough. I'm like, wait, that doesn't even make sense. But it does in a messed up, like, if you get in his head kind of way. But also now I think, like, is that the episode title? <laughs> Your numbers are gay. But no, it's just that's not the episode oh, no? title. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they would go on the ride with us. But yeah, okay, keep going. Float out. I think I am the wave, though, actually. You think you are the wave? Because you love the deal? Are you kidding? Biggest overpay in history. <laughs> Love that shit. Okay. Love it. All right. Well, Love we'll... the deal. Woo! Love the deal. Love the deal. Yeah. Oh. Come Love on. It. Come on. Come on, brother. Love the deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. All right. Love the deal. The kissing Love sound. The deal. Love the deal. I, I know we yeah, really like. That was know, a like... lot. I know violence is like frowned upon, but I would just rather see two niggas square up and just box it out. That would be less awkward and painful than watching what we just watched. Like that was the most passive aggressively violent interaction I've seen on this show. Then Tom is ready to go to bed. He's clearly frustrated. And this is one of those scenes. <laughs> Again, where, like, this is me. 
where you're with your significant other and you just cannot let that shit go. And Shiv's just like, I can't let this shit go. We need to. And Tom just storms outside on the balcony, and Shiv he follows storms her. Out. He's like, he says, "Can I please, please leave me the fuck alone?" And she's, <laughs> she's like, "No, let's fight." And so then we get this scene. I'll play through this as we and stop and talk about different points. Wrong with you? Because this scene is absurdly incredible. Just really do need to get some sleep. I really do. I'm sorry. Can we just leave it there? You're please? tired. Okay. I get it. You keep on fucking saying. So yeah, you're tired. Okay. Okay. I'm tired. Keep Let's leave it there. Okay. Okay. I'll stop. You're tired. I get it. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, I am just worried about, you know, maybe I'm. Shiv immediately takes it from you're tired to making it about me that I'm worried. I mean, and starts almost crying. So I thought she was going to, I thought she was going to apologize for her behavior. But no, she, like you said, just makes it about her. And it's insane that she goes right there. To the Matson cross, and he might turn out to be bullshit. You know, he's erratic, and, 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 and you know, maybe he isn't real. Shiv, he's real. He's the future. No, Tom, he... There is a time bomb in his numbers, and I might get blown up. You'll be fine. You'll always be fine. No. Tom's like, you're rich. Like not just rich you're wealthy rich like you're generationally rich like what are you talking about if this doesn't yeah. work out you're gonna be just fucking fine you're gonna have hundreds yeah. of million dollars you'll be fucking yeah. fine <laughs> nothing's gonna be wrong with you if this doesn't work out for me i get divorced you didn't leave me shit probably in the prenup and i lose my fucking job <laughs> yeah also it's exactly because she's talking about not being fine and like in the idea that everyone should be top shape like at feeling great emotionally physically mentally every day like the fact that she won't be perfect is not fine for her and obviously he like us is like no you're gonna be able to pay your bills fine is what we mean but that's also fair too because it's like the thing where like you've heard poor white people be like oh you know there's black people with money like i'm fucking poor what do you what you know what are you saying about privilege to me for and they don't get it, but it's also a true thing where, you know, I may, you know, you may have white privilege, but if I make $250,000 a year, I'm probably living a better life than some hick in Kentucky Hills, right? I'm probably more okay than they are in general. And so in this world, Shiv's like, yeah, I mean, I'm fine financially, but like, I'm a fucking wreck. My dad just died. She doesn't, Sean doesn't know this. I'm pregnant. Like, I don't really have a, any goal. Yeah. Like, I'm not achieving anything in my life right now. My brother's turned on me. Like, I'm fucked up right now. And I thought yeah. this was the play to get out of it. And it doesn't look like it's the play to get out of it. So yeah, I understand I think, her perspective, too. Absolutely. But I think the problem is she's she's not putting it into perspective. Just being like, I feel like it's not I'm not OK, which is different than like the reality, which is that she is in this capitalist society very much OK. Um, and I think, you know, it's a lack of therapy <laughs> what it comes down to. No, I am fucking my family for this. Can I just say something? At this party here, there are maybe 40 of the most important people in America, and you have just walked all around all evening telling them all that I'm going to get fired. No. And so Tom heard her say get a little vulnerable about like yo i'm fucking over my family for this like we you and i talked about because you gotta remember tom and shiv were on the same team on like this madison plan and so she's like i'm fucking my like i'm, I'm she's like confiding with this person that she's in alliance with i'm fucking my family over for this and tom is just like yeah 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 
What about you telling people that I'm going to get fucking fired? <laughs> it was implied lightly as a little part of a tactical kind of joke. Will you explain to me uh, the joke? Because oh I don't get the oh. fucking joke. By the way, by the way, by the way, call back to the scorpion. She asked him to explain the joke. And here he is like, oh, you want a joke? You want to be funny? <laughs> explain the fucking joke. Yep. The joke. It was something that he said that isn't true that we needed to say. But you stood by his side and he said it and you were like, okay, well, that sounds good to me. Fuck's sake. I'm not doing this right now. Nope. I am in serious trouble. That was a play. You will be okay because you are a tough fucking bitch who will always survive because you do <laughs> what you need. You will do, what, you will do okay. whatever you need. Yeah? yeah. Really? You sure you're not projecting because that is actually you. She's not wrong. That is Tom. Tom has went from from Kendall to fucking Roman to Logan back mm -hmm. to Shiv to mm -hmm. Lucas. Like he's just he's just trying to leech on to whoever he can to get yeah. to the next point. Uh, he's a tough fucking bitch. But for him to say that to her was hilarious. Should we have a real conversation with a scorpion? That was no. a friendly thing. Oh, yeah, friendly sure. Thing. You're real friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm a scorpion. You're a hyena. You're a, you're a street rat. Actually, no, you're a fucking snake. Here's a dead snake to wear as a necktie, Tom. Why aren't you laughing? That's a good point. You called me a fucking scorpion. You betrayed me. What if I got you a fucking snake? How would you feel about that shit? I wonder if we shouldn't clear the air. Yeah? Yeah. I'm sure. I think that you can be a very selfish person, and I think you find it very hard to think about me. What? And I think Wait, we pause. shouldn't have even married. Okay, before you even get to that big statement, she is saying, oh, what? And that made me mad because, Shiv, there's no, you have no defense against what he's saying right now on that specific part. That's true. And I think you shouldn't have even married me, actually. What the fuck? Yeah. What the actual fuck? You that is a wild thing to say. That's a wild thing to say to someone. Not I shouldn't have proposed for DU. You shouldn't have married me. Because he he was thirsty to her. If you remember, mm -hmm. he proposed to her in the first season when Logan was in the fucking hospital. Mm hmm and like she's thinking her dad's gonna fucking die, and Tom's like, "Why don't we get married?" <laughs> Which she refers to here. Proposed to me. Proposed to me in my lowest fucking ebb. My dad was dying. What was I supposed to say? Perhaps no. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah, you really kept me safe while you ran off to fuck the phone book. Oh. Why you ran off to fuck the phone book is a wild ass line. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love too the idea of because this is what cheaters do do. They'd be like, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. It's like you did hurt my feelings in a way worse way than just telling me you didn't feel the same. Like that would have stung, but at least I wouldn't be paranoid forever that somebody was lying to my face for months and months, or whatever. So I just think it's interesting that she didn't want to hurt his feelings, but she kind of skipped. There's maybe some accountability there in the room that she's not seeing. Fuck off. You're a heck. And then I'm conservative, and then pick. you hit it. <laughs> Your conservative hit. She still has liberal views. 
Like that's the yeah. wild thing about Shiv. Yeah. Like when you watch this entire show, is that she clearly because if you remember the first time when they were doing that like pick a president thing and they're in the room, like who they're gonna pick, and they're like, What about making? She looks like she's about to throw up in that fucking room. She's mm-hmm. like, Yo, what like this fucking Nazi, you know, like mm-hmm. Medicare for all, abortions for none. Like, I never forget that line. Like, she's like, What are y'all talking about? So like all this shit is in the background that's like guiding her. But she's also like this rich fucking daughter of the like fucking Rupert Murdoch. Like imagine if Rupert Murdoch's daughter was like a Bernie bro, like, mm-hmm. or like a you know like a a, a K hive a K hive person. If Rupert Murdoch's daughter was in the fucking K hive or some shit like that. Wait, who is like K hive? Kamala Harris. She has like a thing like a people. Oh, I there. didn't know they called that K hive. They oh, called okay. it the K hive. Yeah. Because you were so scared of how fucking awful you are. You were only with me to get to power. Well, you got it now, Tom. You've got it. I'm with you because I love you. Bullshit. You're fucking me for my DNA. You were fucking me for a fucking ladder because your whole family is striving and parochial. That's not, that's not. I feel like you kind of admitted that last episode, Tom, when you were sitting with her and you were like, that my whole life I didn't have money. I like nice things. I like my watches and my suits, and I want to feel safe and protected. You kind of admit it. Yeah, but I I think that, you know, it's a one, I think they're not, I don't think loving her and liking the money are mutually exclusive. Like, I I think, I think it's clear he loves her, right? I I don't think, I don't think she could ever argue that he doesn't show that. But then it's also interesting because it's like, you know, how do we see Tom and Willa so differently? Um, and I guess maybe because Connor's the one who wanted it. And I guess like, but but I think we should just be careful about like that capitalist mindset of the person with the least money doesn't have any emotional bargaining power. Like they're lucky if the rich person wants to share their wealth with them, which is not the way we should think about love and relationships. Um, but yeah, like I think he's going to get indignant about that. He shouldn't, like you said, but she's also weird for not like, whether he did that or not, he still loved you and treated her honestly as well as or better than most people would. Like whether whether it's because he didn't grow up a millionaire jerk, like look at how Kendall treats his ex-wife. Like, you know, she she could do she could do worse, is all I'm saying. Yeah, he says that. Not a fair characterization. Oh, not- no. Well your mom loves me more than she loves you because she's cracked. You wanna you wanna actually clear the air? Okay, hold on. What, what does that mean? <laughs> She's basically saying that your mom loves me because I'm no rich. the cracked part specifically the cracked part. Yeah, she's basically like she's fucked up. Like she, she's all about the money and where Mary, oh, being married okay, to yeah. Roy puts her in life. Because I didn't know if he meant uh, if she meant she's emotionally unwell or if she meant she's on drugs. So I was like that he she used that in a very specific way. Okay, keep going. Betrayed me. You were going to see me. Get sent to fucking prison. That was a wild line. Shiv. Shiv's face there was like, what yeah. the? Like, she's like, she's kind of like, I don't know what to say. But her next line is also fucking true. And you fogged me yeah. off with that fucking undrinkable wine, and you won't have my baby because you never even thought, honestly, you'd be with me more than like four fucking years. You I offered think. to go to jail. Um, okay. That is and that's 1, the only thing. percent true. But that's also her only comeback. Everything else he has said, she's like, well, you got me there. Four years was my max. On that fucking boat, Tom, Shiv was not pushing. She was telling Logan not to, like, get, she was trying to get Logan not to sacrifice Tom. 
And Tom, the whole time, Tom is so paranoid. She's talking to Shiv about what the fuck wine is like in prison. If he has to make wine in the toilet and how he's willing to sacrifice for Logan to like, cause he wants to secure his place. Like Shiv was not pushing him to go to jail. He made, he did that. And then she supported him. And then she got mad that she supported him for yeah, doing that. But, but I think that she, I think you're right. But I think that she's, you know, I'm also going to hold her to the fact that she's savvy enough to know that this was him trying to seek like dual approval. And if she, she did not tell him, babe, your value stands alone with me. I love you. It doesn't matter whether my dad values you or not. I will always have your back. That's not what he got either. He definitely got it. Oh, well, I guess if you want to like, so did he bring it up? Sure. But did, I mean, I think it's, it makes sense if you, with his whole like yeah i proposed but you married me and that's your fault right like it matches with this whole idea that she's been letting him take the wheel but then being passive aggressive about how she doesn't actually like what she just agreed to um or something of that version so yeah i mean they're both right but no they're both accurate but tom is slightly more right because she did definitely not put up enough of a protest to the idea of him going to jail for the crimes that he didn't commit you offered because you're servile. You're just, you're servile. You are incapable yeah. of thinking about anybody other than yourself because your sense of who you are, Shiv, is that fucking oh, thing. Oh, yeah, you read that yeah. in the book, Tom? You're too fucking transparent to find in a book. You're pathetic. You're pathetic. You're a masochist and you can't even take it. I think you are incapable of love. And I think you are maybe not a good person to have children. That's really fucked up. That is so fucked up because that's all um, that really fucked with Shiv because that's also what her mother said. And her mother said, I right, shouldn't but, have had you and then you shouldn't have children. If you remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's fucked up, but I mean, is where's he wrong? Because people being like that, I know plenty of terrible people in the world that are actually good to their kids. So like, I don't think there's a one-to-one correlation of you're a bad person, so you're going to be a bad parent. Particularly oh, wait, when I, well, Tom has been, particularly when Tom, this entire show has been trying to have kids with her. And so Shiv didn't just change in the last five minutes. You've been trying to fuck her and have her kids since you met her. So either were you just fucking her for her DNA so that you could put her baby in her and have that money train for the rest of your life? Or did you always think she wasn't a good person to have kids? Yeah. I mean, I think there's something, there's an attraction to her because she's not a good person because uh, he's also not really, truly a good person. I think there is the money train of it all. And I also think he was in love with her. And like, you know, if you, we all understand that I'm, I was thinking it would change. I was thinking the baby would save our relationship nonsense. Like, I think it's also more likely that than anything else because I don't think he was that strategic. And I think he's strategic, but he wasn't strategic like that in the beginning. I think he really, again, like was in love with her. But anyway, I think um where I'm saying it's not wrong is like everyone shouldn't be a parent. And I think that's what we like because parent is the job. Like birth parent is one thing, like caregiver, the person who raises a child is a whole different job description. And I think that um, she might be incapable of love. <laughs> so it's like, it's hard for me to imagine like how, like, I'm not saying bad people. I'm saying somebody who like is, like, should Roman have kids? Uh, yeah. Right, no. right, exactly, exactly. But so I also think that a kid could change someone too. 
which is why he wanted to have her babies. But, you know, I, I think he's, I mean, he's saying they're all, they're hurting each other. Right. So that there's that, but I think that maybe in the back of his head, he was trying to get her pregnant, but he was also like, dang, she might not be a good person. But like, you also got to put in the perspective at this point, Shiv is pregnant. And at this point, Shiv was pregnant knowing that her husband betrayed her. And she was still going to probably keep the baby, even though nobody knows. So she could have easily gotten an abortion and no one knows because nobody knows now. So she could have went and gotten an abortion and nobody would have ever known. But she, at this point, it appears to be, was going to keep this fucking baby despite what the fuck's going on with Tom and everything else, which means at this point, she wants to be a mother. And so she's wanting to be a mother. She's looking forward to this thing. And then her husband, who's who is the baby daddy, says you shouldn't have kids that is a fucked up position no does that hurt her absolutely like was that a massive thing to say i totally hear that and is did that would that have hurt to hear yeah all of it um but oh i am so sorry i have to give you breaking news what's the breaking news Rihanna finally revealed her baby name. That's not breaking news. The baby's first name is Rizza. Like the Rizza, the Jizza, and the Wu-Tang Clan. Why would I care about that? You might not, but Sonya cares. I and, thought you were going to tell me Janelle Monae cares. shows some more titties. Oh, she did you see the music video? Yeah. It's the non-problematic oh. tip drill. It, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a body positive tip drill. Um, she's, I mean, hey, they're bringing sexy back on my birthday, but, um, anyway, yeah, I, I did think that was relevant and somebody out there gets it. Um, because she helped this baby about to be three years old, basically. And she's like, yeah, we'll give you the name. He's so cute. So, uh, speaking of babies, right? No, I think that, I think that maybe I'm being harsh. I'm not even trying to be like, oh, women have to be emotional. And what I think Shiv just has messed up. Like, it's the fact that I guess what I'm trying to say is this, right? She has trouble receiving love. She has trouble mm-hmm. showing love. Those are critical things for a baby's development. So does she have the money to find somebody who will love her child and take care of her? Absolutely. Should she be having more kids? Should everybody be having kids just so they can? I don't know. Um, should she have this kid that's in her now? Should Sure. And should she use the feedback she's getting, albeit hurtful and albeit like pointed, to work on herself and like have a have a goal for something she wants to address also yes like she it's not a forever thing she can become a better person she just has no whenever people call her out she burns them that's true anyway i i feel bad though because like you know yeah they're nobody's testing is it testing people i'm sorry i'm sorry but you 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 have hurt me more than you can possibly imagine. It's almost like he said that just to hurt her. Like people do that in relationships where like you don't actually mean the thing, but you really just want to hurt the person because they pissed, they hurt you. So you you think about the most, like what's the most hurtful thing that I could say? And in his mind, that was the most hurtful thing I could say. You, you took away the last six months I could have had with my dad. No. Yes. No. Yes. You sucked up to him and you cut me out. It's not my fault that you didn't get his approval. I have given you endless approval and it doesn't fill you up because you're broken. 
I don't like you. I don't, I don't even care about you. I don't care. Glad we cleared the air, huh? Feel good now? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great. Uh -huh. Tip top. You don't deserve me, and you never did. And everything came out of that. Oof. So fucking flat. Is there any chance they fix this, Chanel? Uh, no, it's done. It's, it's done? done. And, and let me tell you what's so real about this. Um, Wait, because there's something that... Okay, so I just wanted to say my last grievance with this whole conversation um, was her saying... Obviously, she said, like, regrets or whatever, but her kind of... Her saying he doesn't deserve deserve her didn't feel good to me. And I think it's because there's this really like third wave feminism concept of like, he doesn't deserve you, girl, you're perfect. And that's not necessarily, it's not necessarily about deserving you because you're amazing. It's about holding, because you're like default amazing. It's about holding people accountable to being better people and better in relationships, no matter what their gender is, I feel like. So I think there's like this, my thing is, why do you think he doesn't deserve you? Because it's not because you treat him better than he treats you. It's because you have the money. So why also say he's trying to fuck his way into your DNA if you think that's what makes you better than him at the same time? Like, what what's what's not making sense? You did choose to meet this guy to love to marry this dude below your station. So either you had the power and you chose to still go along with it, and now you're miserable, or you were in a real relationship and that's a different dynamic. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like she kind of talked out both sides of her mouth in some points. So then Ken and Frank meet, and Ken basically tells Frank the Gojo deal is a bad deal. He tells Frank that the Indian numbers are fucked up. Then he's like, how about we run it back? And he looks like an addict, a whole-ass addict here. Like he's Oh, just yeah, that's, what, that's when he does his, his Cheshire Cat smile, and he's like, let's go. He starts doing his Mr. Burns yeah. hands. He's like, why don't we do it all? He's like, why don't we flip it? We buy Gojo and keep ATN Waystar. Uh, like, Re reverse reverse uh viking reverse viking yeah reverse viking uh and he says and then frank says all right what about what about the sibs and ken says i love roman and shit but he says one crown one head yeah one head I, one I, crown i went off i went off he's making his play and so uh roman is t then they cut back inside shiv came back inside and Roman tells Shiv and Ken that he's going to speak at the funeral. They had talked about that earlier. So he's going to be the one that talks at Logan's funeral. Which, and then, what is he going through? To to have that conversation with Connor and then be like, oh, by the way, I'll do the eulogy. What? And then and then Tom comes in and says this. Get out! <laughs> treat, treat your ass up out of here! <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? Send me some Kit Kat. Good night, old man Ackerman. Wherever you are. That's what Tom said. What's wrong with you? Because first of all, 
when he first said get out and I heard the laughing I thought that was the first second I thought was from the show and I was like well they saw like a studio audience and they're laughing in that apartment but that was actually Martin I am embarrassed that I didn't hear it immediately that's what Tom said and then everybody had to get out literally he's like get the fuck I'm not joking it's so I'm not joking get out and they were like oh shit and then this is so he walks away and Shiv goes fuck Tom and they go fuck Tom I'm like Shiv you just should have let the man go to sleep it's like how with Kanye Kanye could have saved himself a lot of trouble if he had just went to sleep that day he said that tweet like just let him that man go to sleep mm-hmm. so um, but yeah I before... think it's over I think it's done with them I don't think it's gonna happen anymore she she let out the bag I don't really like you you can't come back from I don't really like you before we get to uh superlatives and next week we got some quotes so here are the best quotes from the episode uh, Tom says, guess what Father Sexmas has brought you to Shiv? Uh, he also says, amplify. Oh, so he asks, like, what are you going to do um, when he sees the, the poll number? She's like, what are you going to do? And he goes, amplify the gen up our maniacs or deny shit on and bury, which is exactly what Fox News does. They either amplify some shit that the left is doing to make their people get angrier and angrier or just deny it say it's wrong and or don't talk about it at all <laughs> um madison i said this one already uh swim around logan's bullshit pre-election brain dead aol era legacy media putrid stuff mushroom fuck fest uh his description of the of the tailgate party uh shiv says you gotta go contribute to the great toxification when tom was leaving <laughs> um oh shit. when when uh kendall came in he shiv said kendall plus the man that will lead us to eternal life, waste our Jesus. Yeah. Waste our Jesus was a good one. <laughs> Kendall Plus, which is fucking funny. Uh, Roman says, uh, I'm sure your red guards are ready to come around. And this he's talking about um, Shiv, when Shiv was happy that Jimenez mm-hmm. was uh, winning. He says, I'm sure your red guards are ready to come around, come round up the thought criminals and turn police stations into cuddle puddles. <laughs> so. He's basically like red guards, like socialists, comrades are going to come round up everyone who thinks racist stuff. And then I'm like, oh, the police. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, that's the agenda. (laughs) And then Ken says, uh, we're coming to give. I said this one already. We're coming to give your guns hormone therapy. All your guns are going to be ladies. Um, And then Ken says to Roman, I'll go hit the libtards. You hit the Nazis. (laughs) And they go, yeah, they go, got it. And then Ken says, uh, when he was talking to the kids after Madison showed up, he says, there's too much peanut butter between us. Can you go stick close to Shiv? <laughs> that made me scream because I'm like, some of it, uh, 95% of what they say, I'm like, I've heard this in business. This is all legit. 5%, I'm like, this is just them being like, we can make this happen. People will say peanut butter to describe tension in a relationship. Yes. Like, I love that. Lucas says, uh, don't scream at people. Don't scream. People are data. Stick my dick in the guac. Uh, Connor, say, Connor says, I'm trying to go to Europe and be in Berlin by Christmas. <laughs> Love that. He wants to work his way up to like the most complicated state. One of the most complicated uh, foreign offices. Left. And I believe in him. Fail forward. Nate said to Ken, I forgot how eager you were to get laid at a party when he was just pitching him. And he, go, and he goes, I love getting laid. Greg said he he expressed a distaste in my 
in the past is my particular flavor of me. Um, Ken says, new money. You got to hold them fresh bills to the light. Talking about uh, Madsen. Madsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Madsen said to Greg, I thought you were backwashed at the bottom of the gene pool. <laughs> Rough. Shiv says uh, to Madsen, sure, I'll just build another fucking India. <laughs> we're just talking about the numbers. Uh, Ken says you should get that written on a cup. Tom says, uh, you kept me safe while you ran off to fuck the phone book. <laughs> um, Ken said, we go reverse Viking. We pillage their village. And then he said, one head, one crown. Yep. Those Iconic language. Yeah. Um, I think the most dis- the most disgusting brother was, oh it's my God. Tom and Shiv. No, the most disgusting... No, that well, that's actually close second. The most disgusting is Madsen and, and Oscar just being assholes at this party. And then second most is like that they have a new cringe category for those text messages. Um the broke boy was probably Jimenez. <laughs> no, um Nate is a broke boy. Nate really came in not on that whole like let's go cheat America and get our become billionaires with insider trading vibe. He's really he missed his chance. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the most privileged you think this episode? Uh, Roman. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was pretty disgusting. Um, I think I forget the. Le- I don't think there was a world star on this one. I think that was for House of Thrones. Yeah, um, it was them fucking Ken and Ken and Madsen basically shitting on each other oh, in front of yeah, everyone yeah, in the yeah. party. <laughs> That's true. That's definitely the TMZ. Okay, we'll make it TMZ for this show, World Star for Game of Thrones universe. So yeah, they had a TMZ moment. Um, I wanted to also just say, like, you know, I really warmed up to Shiv. I was like, okay, here she is. She's doing her thing. She's trying to she's trying to play the odds, you know, girl power. Um, where she lost me was when she didn't let that man lay down. Cause I just think do I get that like that's a unspoken relationship thing like do not leave like stand be in solidarity with me all night yes but I also think that people have to understand that like I'm tired is basically universal language for so many other other emotions and understanding what someone means like your loved one who you've been married to when they say I'm tired is different than like whatever I, I think she made him seem like oh like you're yawning are you okay and he's like bro or they just kept diminishing what he had to do he's like i gotta get up and go to work and do you know i would divorce somebody in a heartbeat over you not taking it serious when i say i gotta go to sleep because i gotta go to work so it just i just turned back around and like i said i'm anti-roman now which is crazy we came so long and so far for me to turn on him at the end but <sighs> just just what the writing has dictated it's just what the gods have decided what are you looking forward to next week? Um, I definitely want to know if the India thing was a play. I would like to see them play themselves and it implode. Um, I could also, well, I'm not even going to say next week. I'm going to say the rest of the season. Um, I also would like to see them crown Greg. And I think that um, I really just hope that they're, that they don't, I hope we don't end this show with the siblings never speaking again. That would not feel good. What about you? The show is interesting to me because I was thinking, oh, Tom and Shiv about to be this power couple. And then before this episode, I was I was like, there's no possible way this show has happy endings. Like Jesse Armstrong yeah. is not about to write happy endings. So something's about to happen. Although at the end of this episode, I, I tend to think, is it possible that Tom and Shiv got everything out and it makes it better? 
she still hasn't told him that she's pregnant. Something's got to happen with that baby. Like she's well, either going to get like, an abortion or she's going to tell. Like something's going to happen. What I what I know about Shiv, if I know anything, is that what he said, she's not about to. Yeah, every maybe there was like a above ground like version where she would have let it go, but he just hit her core wound or her core whatever insecurity. It, I don't think he's gonna let it go, so I don't think she's gonna be able to move past that. I think other stuff being said might have been okay. Um, I almost forgot to mention this is my second. This was my second moment of like tensing up because I thought Tom was gonna jump off that. Like this is definitely the type of show where Tom would just walk off the railing and just die. No, it's not. That's not that type of show. Okay, well, the feeling after that argument with him being out there on that place alone, I was like, I, I, I just, I had a moment where I said, oh, please don't. I texted you. I was like, please don't let Tom jump off this bridge. Like, what are we doing? Um, so you're right. Like, it doesn't have to be that show. But I'm just saying, like, if anybody on this season died by suicide, I mean, in this show at any point, it would not be. Like, oh my god, I can't believe that's so unrealistic. It would be like... Yeah, it would have been Kendall. They already teased it twice with Kendall. Yeah, you're right. Oh no, Kendall's gonna outlive all of us. And shout out to the sound... Shout out to the ceiling and soundproofing of those balcony doors. Because no one heard that loud-ass argument between Tom and Shiv. Girl, because I was like, are you telling me they're not watching this moment? Like, they watched the Madison Kendall moment. Like, that's the show. They were, and then also you're broadcasting to all of New York, bro. Like 84th Street just heard this yeah, whole. But they're, they're like, they're like on the 37th like floor. Yeah, like there's right, no one right. else fighting up there. But there's, there's still neighbors below that are like, here they go again, you know? Um, but yeah, so I mean, by the way, lavish abundance. Like, look at this freaking house, this big penthouse apartment they have in the middle of New York. It's disgusting. Um, the waste of food was disgusting. The, yeah, the waste of like political like effort that people make and them just feeling like they can manipulate things at the top. Disgusting, but it's our favorite show. So that was that was episode seven. I think I think this title is uh reverse viking. If I can't make it, the numbers are gay. I think it's reverse viking. Okay. I like that. Um so yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh next week. We'll be back on episode- time next week. We'll be back on time next week for episode eight. Uh, make sure if you like the show, like I said in the beginning, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple iTunes or podcasts, and we'll read it on the show. And keep sending us emails. We love getting interactions. Let us know what you think is going to happen. What do you think about the previous episode? What do you expect going forward? And as we get towards the end of the season, tell us what you want us to review next uh, so we can get some things yeah, in the queue definitely. to figure out what we're going to talk about. Brandon, I can't believe we went two hours again. What's wrong with us? It's, it's a long the show is good yeah um, true. the shortest episode was when logan died because it wasn't he just kind of talked about yeah it. you're right yeah you know it's uh, like have you ever heard the idea that like for every year you're in a relationship it takes that many months to get over it if you break up have you ever heard this no but that makes sense something like that i feel like for every hour of succession it takes two hours for us to unpack it like there that's the ratio um but yeah thank you guys for listening uh i always forget this so i just want to remind you guys to stay privileged all right peace